I'm Mark. Bogby. Fredo. Still got it? Never lost it. Let's get that money. R.I.P. Jimmy. Who, yeah, yeah, who picked of getting who money? Jimmy. Who picked the Jimmy Buffett song tonight? I did. It was me. Okay, because I was going to say, Bogby, do people around like your way have a special connection to him? Because he's from South Alabama, isn't he? From Mississippi, I believe. Oh, is it Mississippi? Okay. Close enough. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've got a little bit, of, I mean, a little bit of family history. Um, uh, close, I have like, um, okay, so try to not get docs, but I don't think I'll get docs <laughs> on this one. But so I have like a part of like family business kind of thing. A lot of people, my family, we all had the same jobs. You know what I'm saying? So if I let off the show by saying I had a family business kind of thing going on, people would get a different idea. You you could say that, and no one. <laughs> it sounds more legit. Yeah. Well, um, but this but this sort of family kind of business. So lots of people in my family they all have the same job, and he worked for one of my relatives, and he mentioned them in a song. So that's that's something. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that is pretty cool. Sailing over a reef. Chewing on a bog beef? Is that, that the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But anyways, okay, so complicated feelings about uh, about uh, about Jimmy Buffett. Okay, so first off, um so I live on I live on the beach and if you live on the beach, Jimmy Buffett's put a dollar in your pocket. Maybe two. He just has. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I've lived at the beach my whole life and I've consequently been places where Jimmy Buffett is playing my whole life. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I wouldn't bring this up otherwise because I told you I'm like, so I certainly have some kind of, um, uh, I kind of like him, or it'd be weird to piss all over him. However, this show is a politics show, so uh, let's speak the. So I'm going to go ahead and be the dick and say, uh, Jimmy Buffett was raging. I don't know if he was a raging liberal. Well, I mean, more likely he did. He did like the real move. He didn't like shit all over it. Like, uh, thank God that um, Stephen King and these guys like that, they love to just fart their mouth on Twitter all day because <laughs> like they could be doing real damage. Like, like, um, like Jimmy Buffett did by just keeping his mouth shut. Cause he, if he, he kept, if he, if he, if he just, if he was, was one of those guys, it would have turned some of the parrot heads off. But, and that was the name of the people that, like uh, you could be, you could be like a lifestyle Jimmy Buffett fan, like uh, like being a biker or a parrothead. That's what they call, right? Right. And so the thing is, Jimmy Buffett donated a lot of money to the Democrats. And I didn't even know that. I had no idea that he was even political. Damn right, you didn't. You're damn right because, uh, like, the but I, I would I would hazard. I mean, of course, most of the people went to most of these parrotheads were not liberals. They weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't the dad from Footloose, but these were <laughs> married white people. Unless we're talking about gay married or something, that's, that's Republican. That's just yeah, and they were married boomer white people too. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, there certainly are Jimmy Buffett fans in the big cities, but that's, 
I mean, I never got the impression that was super his wheelhouse. You know, it's more of a suburban type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I'm sure I've seen, I know there's some people in the audience that don't live in, you don't live in America and you don't live, I would imagine maybe, here's, here's the thing. When I was in, uh, so I have spent a week of my, uh, north of the Mason Dixon line. I went, I, I went to Kansas. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was younger. I went to Kansas and we, I mean, I was there like a week or two. I hung out in Kansas. There ain't shit to do in Kansas. But one thing I noticed, like in Kansas, people involved in the like horse industry were like household names. The place I was at. Well, although I would say that I was like, oh, not like the, the, the I was going to be like, oh, you know, of course, I'm not talking about the big because like if you said this in Minnesota, you'd be like, well, the big city in Minnesota is like um, <laughs> nothing like, well, I mean, what big city in, in Kansas? Kansas City ain't even Kansas. So, I mean, like, I don't know, what, Topeka or something? Kansas don't have no cities. But they got university cities. Yeah. I mean, nothing nothing, nothing in Kansas, everything Kansas closes at like 8 p.m. and shit like that. Although, I don't know. I was younger. Who knows? Maybe it's different now. Anyways, um, uh, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, that might, uh, having like Minnesota as like considered like Libtard Central, that's got to be a real feather in their cap. I don't think that was just automatic. You know what I'm saying? I've uh, read I've, theories about this that it has to do with like the Nords that settled up there. Like they came from like these traditionally like very liberal, like Nordic countries. And that's how that whole process began. I, I, I don't believe it. it. I don't believe it. I mean, I, I don't believe it. I mean, I think that like most, most likely that you, those cities are just out. They just have more cities than like us. Really? Cause all that matters, literally all that matters about whether your state is lived hard or not is the pers- the the ratio of of city to country that's it mm, no not necessarily that's i don't think that's true i mean i don't know how big the, this a- this aspect is and damn it if somebody in chat didn't beat me to it you gotta figure that minnesota was settled by 1848ers and people from northern europe you're really came- digging up bones here yeah, I think Merrick's right on this one, but too because there's <laughs> the the city thing. I mean, there's like uh, Indiana has Indianapolis, and it's which I don't know how Indianapolis compares to Minneapolis, but I my guess, and maybe a listener will fact check me on this, is they're pretty close in size. But Indiana is nowhere near as left wing as Minnesota. This is a W for your people, Bog Beef. You need to take the pick up the crown from the gutter because, like, th- think about it. Like, if, if you hey, here's a question: Was your was the state settled by Scots Irish people? If so, <laughs> then it's gonna be it's gonna be more conservative. If it wasn't, then it's not. Okay, okay. well, um, Hitler was Nordic, kind of. <laughs> uh, okay. He's oh. Bavarian, but sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my point wasn't that all Nordic peoples are inherently liberal. It was more like the particular group of people from the Nordic countries at that time that came over yes. were were known for those attitudes. It's very key that time because you had you had German people who came in the 18th century and they were became very conservative people who you know followed on a certain side of the Civil War. And you had the people who came in the 19th century who fought on the other side. Like this is a, this is a huge thing. A lot, of, especially out the further out west you go, the more the 1848ers you had, the more 
I'm not. I, I promised myself I'm not going to do this again. But yeah, the the I I totally believe that. I believe that theory. If you imported English, if you imported English people, you know, in the in the 20th century or, or whatever, instead of in the 1700s and 1600s, you would get a different kind of English people, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I mean, anyway. By the way, <laughs> Indiana. Like, um, I like. Uh, I, I've never been to Indiana. Uh, Indiana produces some mighty fine women, though. That's all I know. Um, Corn-fed. Yeah, I guess. I mean, God. I mean, I, I don't know why. Just a lot of. I don't know. A lot of fine women come from Indiana. But um, the thing about <laughs> Indiana, uh, what's cool with the geography is that in the dead smack center of the state is indianapolis and then everything everywhere else is is our world that's pretty cool it's like no matter like no matter where you are in indianapolis you can like in indiana you can like go to the concert or whatever in indianapolis you know what i'm saying oh okay yeah 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 that's what you're saying it's it's centralized i got right 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 um anyways okay so back to jimmy buffett okay so a lot of money in this shit I've told the, I told this story before, so I won't tell it again. But I know, like a a successful bills paying musician. I mean, like really, pay, like I mean, a guy who did pretty damn good. And, th- and because he this this gig was so good, he was able to get other cool gigs. Like, um, but uh, the the gig this guy had was uh, he played the steel drum, and I live on the beach. And you like, you know, if you count up the actual minutes of time that he is actually banging the drum, I mean, it's nothing. And like, like what, I don't know if people know what the steel, the steel drum is this drum that plays notes. It's that peculiar sound that's in Margaritaville. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it's it's in traditional reggae music, right? Yeah. Right. This guy's a white, corny white guy. But the problem is if you, if you, if you live in, you know, if you live in Georgia and you, uh, yeah, Billy says should have learned to bang them drums. Uh, you wouldn't be moving TVs. Um, so like if you, if you, you know, if you, uh, froze your ass off all winter and you flew to Florida to come to the beach, you're a 45 year old parrot head while you're eating your, your, uh, $30 cheeseburger, you expect to hear some, you expect to hear some damn Jimmy Buffett music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Perfect boomer demographic targeting. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, the beach is something special. I mean, it really is. Uh, Jimmy Buffett is not like um, Jimmy Buffett didn't make going to the beach cool. Jimmy Buffett got the sort of atmosphere of the beach. I mean, uh, I mean, in my opinion, Kokomo is the best Jimmy Buffett song ever. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's the Beach Boys. It's an you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The one they yeah. put out in the, what, the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Video is perfect. Uh movie was good too. Um anyways, uh so yeah. Uh I don't know. It's, uh, Jimmy Buffett's thing, he's made a lot of money. That's the only thing it's hard to say is that those people don't come to the beach because of Jimmy Buffett. People come to the beach no matter what. The beach is special. Something special about the beach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It can't be replicated. It's just and you can't live anywhere else once you've lived there. It's just, it ain't right. I'll tell you, like, um, there is nothing. There's no kind of, like, fashion or anything you can put on a woman that's better than seeing a, a chick in a bikini. 
There's nothing. There's nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think the audience would agree with me there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, well, I don't know. You don't live by the beach. So I like, you know, I see this every day. But like when you like, there is nothing like. Uh, you know, this happened the other day. I, I commented, y'all. I was um, I was driving my badass ride, and for some reason, there was a beautiful woman that was standing in the middle of the road. I don't know why she was doing that. Um, she's going to get a ball or something. Got thrown. Who knows? <laughs> was she protesting? <laughs> it's like the ultimate, the ultimate Geo meet cute. Uh, but it was like that kind of shit. That that kind of shit doesn't happen in Kansas. You don't just drive your car and be like, God damn, I gotta stop. There's a ten out of ten, uh, you know, uh, you know, a vixen standing in the middle of the road in a bikini. Uh, that doesn't happen everywhere. It happens on the beach. And, and the beach, that's not like. You don't like, you know, if that happened in Kansas, I would start calling people doing, <laughs> but like on the beach, that shit just happens. Like, uh, you guys ever, you ever change on the side of the road when you're going to the beach? No, 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 I haven't. That's not something you do when you're a tourist and you go to the beach. Fredo, you ever do that? I've for a long time now, I've been able to walk to the beach. So I just do it from do it in my house. But I certainly know, like, usually if you're going surfing, if you leave a couple <laughs> miles away, you'll change in your car or whatever when you park. Right. Uh, I mean, you don't, but, but you don't do it in the car. You just pop open the door. You kind of stand by the door, but still you're, you're, yeah, you're, you just use the door to like kind of shield you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But you're basically getting butt buck naked in broad daylight. And it's not like who cares? It, you're by the beach. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's that's the thing. That's the thing about Jimmy Buffett. That's the thing that people like so much is that life sucks. I mean, life is difficult. You're stuck in traffic. You're screaming slurs at people. You're late on your <laughs> bills. You have a lot of credit card debt and shit. But the beach is different. None of that shit matters on the beach. It's different. It's a weird place. You can wake up and have a beer at, at, t- at 9, a- 9 a.m. if you want to. You're at the beach. Who cares? We, li- we live in the South. You can do that anytime. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hellbilly uh, Ellie, you said Bogs random encounter table. <laughs> Roll D1 and you pee. You're peeing in your pants on the beach. <laughs> so, I live next to. So, I mean, everybody here is this huge Trump fan, blah, blah, blah. We're all super Southern. Everything is is very country, but like yesterday, walked outside. My neighbor is smoking a huge joint. Adult, like adult yeah. male with, no, uh, with with a gaggle of children, and uh, his wife's there, smoking a huge joint. Guy with a job, bills, yeah. mortgage. That's not a beach thing anymore, unfortunately. That's the legalization thing. People are very casual about smoking weed now. Well, let me tell you that at the beach, it's always been a thing. Yeah, not well. that in particular, but just people just it's people just do shit. They just do shit. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Buffett died of skin cancer, which is the, which is the most like I don't say well, I guess expected way for Jimmy Buffett to die. I mean that's that's a that's a legitimate fear for me. I mean, my grandpa yeah. got it. My uh, my dad had a bout with it. Um, uh, I'm always been worried about that. Mr. B says he'd rather go to the mountains. Yeah, uh, when I go to the beach, I haven't gone for a, I haven't gone for a 
couple years. I like to go at the end of the season or, or even a, a little bit after the season because it's not so damn hot, yeah. you know? The you beach swim in the ocean. It's a little bit cool, but it is, it's no problem. Yeah, but you, the Atlantic is cold. Atlantic, yeah. People don't tell you this. You, you don't realize. I didn't know this till I went to Miami. I'm in Miami, and I'm there, and nobody's in the water. I'm like, what? what's going on? Why, why would you go to the beach and you're not in the water? Well, it's because the Atlantic is cold as hell. Uh, yeah. Most fun I ever had at the beach was going to Hatteras. It was around this time of year. It was hurricane season. There was a hurricane offshore, and the waves were insane. It was uh, it was really it was really fun. By the way, Bobby, if you're comparing the Atlantic to the Gulf because yeah. you're thinking Florida, the Atlantic is way warmer than the Pacific. The Pacific is like if you go to the beach in like Los Angeles or San Diego, uh, the beaches on the Atlantic side in Florida, I can't express how cold the beaches are in Southern California comparatively. Is that because of how big the Pacific is? is I don't know question? if it's the size. I think usually it's just the way the jet streams go through the ocean mm. and stuff. That's my understanding. That's like, so the Atlantic to the Pacific, uh, surfing in the Atlantic, I mean, I don't surf, but it's like garbage compared to the Pacific. It's like not even, like people from the Pacific don't even take it seriously. Uh, like what we have on this side, there's a, there's a book on the history of serving in Florida. That's actually called something like doing the best with what little you got or something like that. Like, cause it's been, the implication is like, yeah, they're stuck with the Atlantic ocean and they just kind of make the best of it. Yeah. Um, wow. The, yeah. The Pacific is the waves are way bigger. The water is way colder. Uh, I don't surf. So I like the Atlantic better cause I'd rather have the warm water. I just Googled this. The waters of Miami reach a balmy 86 degrees, while those in San Diego average just 67 degrees during the hottest months. Wow. Yeah, Southern California, it's, nobody goes in the water. I mean, well, I should say that. People do, but not like they do here in Florida, even on the Atlantic side, because it's so cold. Yeah. Baramont Snake Bat, that's a great point. Kelly Slater came from Coco. I used to surf a little bit at Coco. I know I, I didn't get good at it. I'll, I was friends with people that were like in magazines and shit like that. Yeah, Kelly Slater, his thing was doing those huge jumps on like pretty small waves. Uh, the the fad that came after him was the um, the thing where that they, they figured out you could get on bigger waves if you get on jet ski and stuff. But let's get started. Uh, well, I mean, before I we get started, sorry, go before we get, I just want to say you flatlanders don't appreciate. The ocean's kind of scary, and I don't mean like getting out on a boat and going and, and you know, well that is that is really scary when you go on a boat and you can't see land either anyway anymore. Like if you've lived in the mountains your whole life, just looking out and being able to see for like hundreds of miles that's weird. It's it's unsettling every time I go. Well, there, it's kinda... the reverse is unsettling for me, man. If I'm everywhere, if I'm in the mountains and I can't see for hundreds of miles, I'm like this is unsettling. I'm like <laughs> I feel like I'm trapped in a cage or something. I yeah. I grew up in the water. I mean, the uh there's to be like the only things that sort of like um so 99% of the shit that people are scared of in the ocean that shouldn't really be, it's not it's not a big deal. Sharks aren't going to attack you and stuff like that. But um uh the funny thing that you see is like you see these tourists come out here and and, I, and by the way, I'm I'm like one of those pro tourist people for the beach you can because I mean it's like the, these old people that move here and then they're like uh it's, it's funny of people tell me like I'm a local 
I'm like, I'm like, bitch, my family started this town. You, you, you have no idea who you're talking to. Um, my family's name is on the charter of this, this, this town. You, you, who you call on a local, you, uh, Yankee scum. But, um, but I don't do that because it's the beach. It's the beach and everybody should be able to come to the beach. Uh, and, but I mean, so the, what you see happen is these people that are old and obese will just get way, get like, they'll just go get in the water and go way out. Uh, and they're, you know, they're still in standing there. There's, there's, it's not deep yet, but you know, uh, they'll be like, you know, just sort of standing around marinating and shit. But like, uh, that, that current is strong. If you're in like, you shouldn't go far out if you're not in shape. Because what, I mean, I remember, let's see, this is a little uh, advice on why we're podcasters. Uh, uncle bog beef went to beach instead of going to college. That's what I did. I just spent three or four years on the beach after high school. I, I didn't meet a, I didn't go to a counselor or there was no conversations about it. That's just what I did. Um, but yeah. And like, I remember I went out there one day, but I was out there every day, but I'm out there and I swim out there and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know what I was doing, uh, but swim out there messing around and shit. And, um, I swim back in and I was, I must've been like, uh, like, more than a mile away from where I walked out into the uh, walked out into the ocean. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty far out. Yeah. It was like a huge walk, but it was like a huge walk back to my truck. It was insane. I just remember thinking I was like, damn. And I'm like, you know, I'm like 19 or whatever. I was like, damn, if I was one of these tourists or whatever, I would be dead. Probably. Uh, those people are stupid. That's how most of these people die. That in, um, para sailing that, that's don't do that yeah i saw some i saw some guys at the beach one guy at the beach die when i was a teenager he was trying to put his boat i guess he he i don't know if he beached his boat or whatever hit a reef but he was out there trying to to push it off out in the out in the out in the tide way out mm-hmm. looked at him i said that guy's gonna that guy's gonna drown himself and uh we went into the hotel room came back out like i don't know 20 30 minutes later and the coast guard was out there I dredged his body up. Yeah. I said this before, but the thing about surfing is you see, meet people that like whatever, like everybody now, I guess it's not a huge fad anymore, but there was a while where like everybody was like claiming they were a surfer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah, I'm a surfer. I'm a surfer. I just remember thinking like, yeah, I'm sizing you up and I don't see you paddling out. There's no, <laughs> there's no way. Like, uh, they don't really bring this up. Like you gotta be in pretty damn good. Like, uh, to when the, the whole paddling out process, you gotta be in good shape to do that shit. You can't just be somebody, some, somebody off the street. And like, if you're, if you're trying to ride some real waves and stuff, you, you gotta, you gotta go the other direction first. Fredo, uh, you may, may, it made me laugh when you said the thing about being in the mountains and claustrophobic, I ask you a question. So where, not where I grew up, but where like my great great grandparents grew up across the county line. Can you guess how far it is between the two mountains? Like you know, you're in a valley, you're in between two mountains. Can you guess the distance between those two? Duh. Go by, I don't know. Th- go I'm gonna say block. I'm gonna say a hundred miles. Bog beef. Uh, seventy five. Three and a half. Hmm. That sounds scary to me. It, I don't it, know, man. It's Shit amazing. Is- Shit is That's supposed a- to be flat. I've t- I've told my fiance before. I was like, 
that it's an affront to God to be up on the mountain, man. You're supposed to be down <laughs> on the ground. Well, yeah, but she's from out west where those mountains are a lot higher. And this is a particularly narrow part of the valley. But, you know, in general in the valley, like you, uh, the part I live in, you, you, you know, if you go you, you less than 100 miles between, between the mountains at all times. I don't want to dox myself too much, but in Rockingham County in the valley, you know, you're you're looking at ten you know ten miles. It's, it's a it's a it's a different way of living. But like it, like the Colorado, the Rockies are a totally different story. Like you're gonna have like altitude oxygen problems there, and like like we talked about on Friday that people a lot of people die out there in the wintertime. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen a lot in the Appalachians. It happens, but it doesn't happen a lot because they're pretty. You know, they're old. They're the oldest mountain. It's the oldest mountain range in the world, I think. Pretty nice and flat. Pr- pretty low comparatively. Doesn't get too, doesn't get that cold at normal times. Like if you're if you're out in the uh, blizzard conditions, you'll die. But like the 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 Rockies are like, I don't know. You you pretty much are they higher than the, they're higher than the Alps, right? Like aren't they aren't they pretty close like to the himalayas and the andes i don't know the answer to that i've never i don't think i've ever seen the rockies <laughs> i i have seen the really andes. yeah you never seen the rockies and you've been you're so well traveled i always thought you, you've never gone to colorado uh, no i've never been to any of those states in that area basically like i've been to nevada but the well <laughs> what are the i guess no, it's not the Rockies. I don't know what mountains run through Reno, whatever that is. Like, I've seen those, but that would be about it. Out out that way, I mean. <laughs> Pretty much, if it doesn't have a beach or a casino, you ain't been there. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, no, I've been to places in the middle of the country, too. Or, well, not many. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's right. I don't know. I don't know. Think it reflect. Depends what you mean, too. But, like, you know, like, to... I guess to people that live in the Midwest, it's like they would say like you're coastal America, right? Because you live in Virginia. To me, the difference between like living in, you know, inland Virginia and like that's more similar from my perspective to like living in Kansas than it is to like living where I do. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know how to explain it. When you're real close to the coast, your perspective is like there's just <laughs> co- flower country. Yeah, exactly. Coastal <laughs> is like 10 miles from an ocean and then you're past that it's like oh you live in an inland area like i i would consider it orlando in like i don't consider that in, like coastal or near the beach <laughs> or to me orlando is like that's that's like middle america like you're smack this in the middle snobby son of a bitch <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying, that's, that's the perspective i grew up with <laughs> All right, what are we? Uh, what are we going to do first? Oh, I, I, mean, I saw people and we're talking about this reference to New England. I mean, to England the other day, but it's the same way in New England. Like, it's like you know Philadelphia to New York. Like, there's <laughs> that, that whole, you know, like there's people on the West Coast to drive that far to work. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm well, by the way, I can, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I consider Philadelphia basically the Midwest. Like, that's. That's like, and I, like, mm. I know where it is, but like, that's so far West to me. Like, that's almost like, that's almost like the end of my frame of reference, like in terms of like East to West in the United States. Yeah. Uh, M. Flazer said, what's the best beach on the Gulf? It's on 38. It's called 38. Just look it up. It's hard to, hard to explain right now, but it's, that's the best beach. Absolutely. No, hands down. Um, you're, you're not, you're not a hundred percent. I'm just a up. You're not a hundred percent wrong, Fredo. Like it, 
pretty much that if you're anywhere along the Appalachians, things are kind of similar, right? If you're talking about down it, you could be down in North Carolina, you could be down in North Carolina, you could be in up in like as far as New York and certainly in Pennsylvania. Like they, those places are more similar. Like they're, I'm a lot more. It's a lot more similar here to to those places than like you know Newport News or or uh, North yeah, Virginia Beach. Exactly. Or, or, Even upstate New York, like you said, is like is like that. Yeah. Or God forbid, uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, I've been, I, the mo, the mo, whatever I like think about where you're at, Merrick. Like I've never been in that area in Virginia, but I have been to West Virginia. So like that's my sort of frame of reference. Although I don't know if those are fighting words where you're from. No, we uh, we we used to make jokes about West Virginia. Now we make jokes about joining West Virginia. <laughs> what a difference twenty years can make. Yeah. Speaking of people, uh, speaking of as men north of Richmond, our our boy Anthony was supposedly a Burning Man uh, over the weekend, and was one of the people who was trapped there in the mud, the the, the mud and the uh, Ebola outbreak or whatever. Uh, the I saw that the the Ebola thing that, that doesn't sound real. Yeah, it was a, that was a, those people are all high out of their mind. They, it's an irony boy joke, yeah. Probably nothing wrong. Um, but what like um, the bigger news that come out with him? Did you see he's like six six. I didn't know that. Uh, let me I saw see. him next to Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan's like a tiny baby man, right? Yeah, Joe Rogan has strong Mussolini energy. <laughs> How tall is he? What? There's no way. So I googled it. it says five nine. Well, maybe someone doctored the photo or something. Uh, five foot eight is Joe Rogan's height, allegedly. Oh, okay. That Although I've photo, heard people say five seven too. I mean, he is okay. So how? I mean, I don't know, man. He's a big boy. Uh, how? I mean, unless Rogan. I mean, what is, is Rogan like five four or something? Well, Rogan is either five seven or five eight. It, if Rogan is five eight, then that guy that guy is is like six six. <laughs> it's impossible to say. People edit that photo stuff. If anybody knows, tell us. Um. But anyways, okay. Um. Yeah, I'm, he'll be fine. He's young. Um. Oh wow! Yeah, I just saw the photo. He is he is significantly taller. He's yeah. like damn near a foot taller than joe rogan isn't i just he? saw another one where they edited it where rogan's even smaller and rogan's standing on a on a stool uh <laughs> but yeah uh anyways um somebody chips in the comments why are you americans obsessed with height <laughs> yeah keep telling yourself that bud <laughs> yeah isn't everybody i mean i thought that was like universal that everybody wanted everybody wanted tall people of course okay so Let's, um, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. So let's, um, I wanted to do a little bit here to start with. I think I've done it before, but I have to reiterate because it's something of like a, um, uh, I don't know. It's something I'm trying to convince. Um, it's a, it's like a, uh, you could know, tell when people are full of shit when they ever, they have like, there's, they have no unfortunate truths or whatever. There's nothing <laughs> in the way that God has decided to order the world that doesn't sort of work towards their ends. Yeah, they have an answer for everything. Yeah, this is the biggest bullshit. I mean, this is the easiest bullshit detector of all time. Like everything is, oh, you know, every everything is cool. It, whatever. Um, the big L here for me is just kind of accepting, like, and it's not an absolute L, but like, we here's here's a thought experiment to go do. 
go find, and you surely know some way to find this. If not, I ask people around, or I can I can recommend some or whatever. <clears throat> go watch a video essay about something insignificant, but the video essay is well made. Anything with just you know a couple million views or whatever. And let me tell you, they always have views. Absolutely, yeah. Just just it's interesting to listen to somebody else talk about something that they're passionate about and talk about it well. But not, but uh, that's not what I'm getting at. But no, I mean like some like here's an example. Go there's a there's one called Final Fantasy House. I brought this up before, but it's bothering me again. I can't remember why. Um, I think we, the, <laughs> when you talk start talking to leftists, the thing that you got to realize is these people consume a lot of video essays. They love those video essays. We have some video essay guys on the right. Distributus is, uh, is a king of it. Yeah. Oren does them too. Oren is a little short doing them. His ones aren't really long that long enough to be video essay. Are they? Yeah, sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, because this is part of the deal. Like, I mean, in my opinion, like you got to go an hour to be a video essay. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. The distributors definitely did that. All these leftist guys, they go on and on and on and on and on. And they got this music and they got, they got stages and shit set up. By the way, like there's this kind of like, um, bullshit, like confessional TikTok thing that's going around. Like any, like, There'll be these videos of like a short video of a woman talking to her TikTok, and she, like, the idea is that she just got off work or whatever. I think people will like, um, yeah. uh, like feel like here's the deal. I've told all the other men we all know now that like that 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 isn't just you just getting off work that you spent like two hours putting on makeup before you did that. Yeah, or in the eight, sometimes I do it in the car. In the, in that, there was this guy who was uh, an ash. He was astroturf because he was getting money from like the Democratic Party. A young, a young guy, college student, and this was a couple months ago. And he was making these videos about, I think it might have been gun control, or climate change, or whatever. Uh-huh. And he would he'd do a lot of these videos in his car, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just driving to wherever. And I thought I'd lay my thoughts out. And yeah. yeah, they were commissioned by the Democratic Party. Yeah. So, like, here's the deal. Uh, th- this is like the whole genre of the TikTok version is the fake casual thing, and because if, if people just take this shit, they take this shit as the gods on a strip. Let me tell you, like, ninety percent of the people out there, t- all that skepticism you had about Oliver Anthony is that his real name? Is that you know all this kind of shit? Please apply like one percent of that to other video formats because if you see some like, first off, like, um, uh, you're like. It is a particularly like all these TikTok videos. It's like I'm interested what this woman has to say about. I mean, uh, it's a particularly attractive woman that happens to be doing it. You see the one where there's a woman and she's cooking beanie weenies and and um, she's like cooking shitty food for her kids and stuff. Yeah, uh, the tra- in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow. Man, I didn't know the trailer park women like you notice know, every single one of them is like this. Your your first thought is always, "Hey, eh, dance for this this chick's a little better looking." Than you. Of course, that <laughs> this is all this like like we all know now. We all know these these aren't really casual. These things are highly set up, and people need to stop buying this shit hook, line, and sinker every single time. Okay, <clears throat> but where the shit the shit come like the deal is okay. So go watch um oh Final Fantasy House is a good example. So the thing in 
and um, go ahead and stop the tape now and come back. And uh, okay, now that you're back, you know, spoiler warning, because the spoiler warning is not about like the about what's going to happen in the episode of Final Fantasy. Because let me tell you, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. This is a story about. Um, there's there's no story. A guy moves in with with or he doesn't move in with these like a guy visits a woman for like two weeks straight and nothing happens. However, the thing about video essays is video essays make things feel important that aren't important. And like, this is like, this is one of the most diabolical superpowers you can have over a human being is to mess with their priorities. Priorities are probably one of the most like one of the most like important things. Cause you can be a genius and have bad priorities. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I had no idea what you were talking about, but then I, I Googled on YouTube Final Fantasy House, and this guy, this is all he does is make like incredibly long yeah. video essays about, well, like he has one about Noah Antweiler, a.k.a. Spoonie, you know, he has one about Time Cube, stuff yeah. like that, Dark Side Phil, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Dark side feel the, 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 now, you know, the, the, the Christian Chandler went to jail. So now there's a, th- now there's a thing that happened. Hold, hold on. Hold on a second. I, I have something brand new. Just, just for the situation. <laughs> uh, but the thing, the thing, like what that Final fancy house episode can, can tell us about the human mind is first off that, Video propaganda is uniquely powerful to the human brain. Uh, this is this is not this is not like breaking news. Obviously, people knew this like in the fifties, and for, people knew this when TVs came out. They said this shit is going to reprogram everybody's brains. Well, I mean, it is, it has, and it's only like it's only got like uh now like the, the main thing that killed TV is that TV was a weak sauce version to the real thing the real crack the real crack is like you know people watch a whole hour-long episode to get to see five minutes to get to see two minutes of the smoking man or whatever whatever it was the hot you know um you know uh see the chick's boobs or what whatever happens in the middle of you know <laughs> basic instinct or something now you get whatever you want you got that shit you got that shit now you got like the pro- political propaganda hit oh boy president trump's gone you know like immediately punch right there now and, and like uh this shit is like uh it's just popping it's popping and don't don't believe for a second you're you're immune to this but like i was thinking about the other day the main problem with it is it makes you think that things that are important aren't things that are important that aren't important you know the classic example like um there's people, you know, there's people that are in debt that get watching these videos and um, they start mail, they start sending money to people. Big news. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, do you remember, uh, are you, do you remember the guy like that would do the, he dre- he wore the, the jacket with all the question marks on it and he would tell you yes. he had to send him money for his book and he would uh, tell you how to get free money from the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Absolutely. Just an example, like all that stuff that's on in the middle of the day and tries to get people to do. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's such a great point. Everybody, like, half of the people who are on YouTube or TikTok or even some even Twitter, like, they all have that guy's media strategy. He was so far ahead of the, of the Exactly. Th- thank you, Merrick. You nailed it. Like, that's where I was trying to go with this. Like, th- that uh, listener pointed out his name there. It's Matthew Lesko. I actually remember the name now. He wore the glasses, too. Matthew Lesko was, like, 20. Imagine what he could have done with YouTube if he hit his, <laughs> his height then. Yeah. yeah, somebody, somebody, uh, there's a bot that was impersonating me. It would DM people asking about crypto. Like, imagine if he had, if that guy had that kind of technology at his fingertips. It could, uh, you know, pump and, uh, crypto pump and dump scheme for Matthew Leska. Some people are just born, born a generation too early. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I re- this, this came across my, my timeline. This is a, um, one of these breaking stories that um, it's just kind of perfect. Like how these stories are presented because they're like, um, I don't know. It's this like, okay. So like when you hear like a story should be told who, what, when, where, why. Okay. Who, what, when, where, why. And every like outside of that, it's helpful to color in details and stuff like that. But I mean um, now this story has like a, this is a story it's breaking on, on Twitter and it like, um, and uh, the thing is you're supposed to send money to this person. And after you hear this story, you're going to want to send them money. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Urgent appeal for funds. Please share content warning. Uh (laughs) Okay. A minor queer person I know was kicked out of her house by her parents because because of her queer identity okay to avoid homelessness she sought help from a man who who ended up raping her and then he told her that he's hiv positive and then there's there an address who, there's other people who believe this uh, and then, and uh, there's no other information given, but the, uh, like, an, uh, like a bank account number, like just swipe, swipe your card here. Go ahead and swipe. Let me tell you, if you're staying up reading shit like this, if you're dumb enough to believe stuff like this, you ain't got a lot of money. You need that money. Keep it. You don't know who the hell these people are, but your brain, it, 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 it's our, our brains, all of our brains. They're so weak. They're so weak. They, they, they just feel stuff. Um, I get sad watching movies. You ever do that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's happened before, yes. This, this is a thing that's happened. People have seen it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, you're like, that's Leslie Nielsen. He's not really dead. He, didn't get, he really didn't get run over by well, he, he is really dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. So never, they never ask. So they never ask a woman to wait a man his salary, or also a man what he did after he watched Field of Dreams. Okay, yeah, um, I haven't <laughs> seen that. Isn't there magic in that movie? You never seen Field? Of, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna say you have to see it because it's a slocky. Uh, you know how, how like there are romance uh, women have like the chick flicks was like a romantic comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Field of Dreams is like that for for. People, people whose dad wasn't around, right? <laughs> if your parents got divorced, Field of Dreams is that for you. 
Gotcha. So whenever you hear somebody say like, I watched Spoon of Dreams and I cried, that means that their parents did not stay married. Yeah. Or he was just a roadie and Motley Crue or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's possible too. Rambling. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the thing is like the, these, like, I don't know, man, like that's like advanced warfare. Like, like that, like there's this story about the, the, the guy that raped her and then says, I'm HIV positive. Okay. So like, you know, if you go back in time, you're sort of getting, I thought about this. Cause like, um, I, I somehow missed, like, I don't know what I was doing, but, um, uh, I meant like, who was the, the demographic for the Coney thing? Oh, the, oh Coney. The, the Coney 2012, the African dictator guy? Yeah. Or warlord, whatever he was? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was another movement that was just a little bit ahead of its time. If yeah, you know what else like was like later. that? Save Darfur. I don't even remember what that was about, but do you remember those guys? I feel like it was all the same guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, uh, my favorite, I won't bring up again, was the Free the Nipple. That one was, uh, <laughs> that one was special. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's, it's just super dangerous <clears throat> and go watch that, that, that Valencia. So what you like after you watch it, cause when you're watching it, you're thinking like, it's like, like you're hearing about, you know, the, the rise of Hitler and the third Reich or, uh, you know, uh, the 40 days wandering in the wilderness or, you know, you're thinking about shit that's happening, man. You're thinking about the Rubicon shit is definitely happening. There's winter. Like, but then after the story, feel free to tally up things that happened, like anything that happened, like somebody put their hand, like somebody put their hands on someone else. Someone like anything, nothing happens. And your brain doesn't interpret that way because of, this format is just designed to program our brains. It's crazy. Like, like, um, you know, that there's this thing about, uh, the statues, like there's all this, there's all this R slur commentary about the Roman statues, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's entirely, I use the term again, astroturfed, right? Well, you're talking about the late. So the, it's funny because it all always gets changed to whatever the latest thing is. So if you're into, if you're into like politics and stuff, so what's the big topic now? It's race. So the big topic now is what color did they use to paint the statue? <laughs> right. Uh, well, that that's not what I'm talking about. But the, the so <laughs> the, Jupiter was a brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. You know, and they're like, well, "Oh, you, you're an idiot for having this marble statue in your house." What? Ha you know, they actually paint them. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's true. But here's the thing: Why did they paint them? You know why they painted them? Because that was it made them stick out. They didn't have TVs, and how else would the hell you know what somebody this like? They didn't have pictures. This uh, was a picture. Yes. This is hey, the guy's in charge. This is what he looks like. Yeah, but there's also an aesthetic choice here in that for them in their lives were they weren't bombarded with bright colors 24/7 like we are. So for them having, you know, this brightly painted uh, statue gave it gravitas. For us is the opposite. We hate it when we see the statues that are painted. We like to see them white. And it's not just because and people say, "Oh, it's because we've all we've always seen it that way." That doesn't matter. Really the the thing is it's 
the white statue, the white marble is dignified because it's it's not it's not high status anymore to have flashy colors. I mean, back then, literally being able to dye your clothes a certain color signaled that you were super rich. Well, uh, you know, uh, right now I'm wearing a green high vis uh, t-shirt. I, I got news for you that ain't high status, right? Right. right. Oh yeah, but here's the thing. No, okay, so that is a discussion on like how aesthetically pleasing these statues are when you're looking at a picture. They didn't have pictures. They didn't have no way to know what this what this person looked like. It was, hey, you may not get to hang out with this guy. <clears throat> so here's what he looks like. That's the guy. That's the guy that's in charge. Uh, you know, like now, if you li- if people live in North Korea, they got a picture of that guy in everybody's wall. Um, Kim Jong or whatever. Everybody's got a picture. That's the guy. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, I think you're. I think you're overlooking how these two things are linked when we're talking about you, know, the media and hacking your brain. You know. You know how everybody complains about, and I understand why that all, like every brand is like changing their their logos and a lot of stuff is like every every car now is white, is white or silver, some occasionally black. You know, uh, there, there's a reason for this. It's because. Every, there's like been a sensory overload to the entire population, and people are ret- are kind of retreating from that. I, I honestly believe that these two things are directly related. Yeah, you know, something like I've heard that Saudi Arabia is not a paradise. <laughs> I've heard that, but I am. Surpri- and they did start letting women drive, so I am surprised because I, I've always I've always thought like. <clears throat> Maybe it's not so good that everybody gets to see like um, pictures of like all the most beautiful women in the world and stuff. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. Well, is that yes. is that chicken is that chicken your science class hot? I don't know. I've got Amber Heard on my phone right here. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to the girl, the TikTok girls who you know who's cooking up uh, ramen in the trailer park or whatever. You know. She might have. I'm sure she spent a lot of time on her hair, and makeup, whatever. But you know what? Her phone automatically edits her 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 appearance for her without her doing anything. Just just by virtue of pointing at herself, they that has a little algorithm in there that makes her look more like more attractive, makes her skin look smoother and all and stuff like that. This really screws people up. Yeah. Imagine being imagine being a teenager and this is what this is the world that like uh, you you're. It's funny because, like, if you know somebody in person, that kind of can't work, right? Because, like, you can you can send somebody a, a Photoshop picture of you that knows you, and they'll be like, mm, that's not what you look like. But when you're communicating to each other through screens all the time, well, maybe. That's all your only frame of reference. Yeah. You, you don't need me to explain this if you've ever done, like, Tinder or whatever. <laughs> Cause like it's like you get you get the you get the um you got like uh, if you go to a restaurant and you know, they might have like a picture of like a delicious hamburger on the menu, <laughs> and mm. then you get the hamburger in the bag and it looks a little bit different. Yeah, well, same well, situation. Yeah, you need today's newspaper and a dime for scale. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, but see, here's but here's the thing. So all that's logical, but the problem with logic. So first off. They do this 
from what I understand, in Saudi Arabia, or they definitely, you know, before the internet and stuff, um, you know, I'm sure they still do it, but it doesn't really matter. People have cell phones. The people can get stuff. People get stuff in prison. Uh, but like, um, uh, like if you bought a magazine, all the magazines had all the women's faces and stuff edited out. Right. So you ain't seen no women. However, it wasn't a paradise. The other thing that's weird <laughs> is that like, um, it's sort of illogical from like, cause like what this would sound like is like, Hey women, <clears throat> like all those like beautiful actresses and stuff that are like 30 pounds lighter than you guys can't look at them anymore. Um, <laughs> this would be great for you. Right. But in reality, the only people that say this kind of stuff, like I'm saying right now are men and women don't like this. They don't like the, they don't like the idea of like the, the, the Sharia thing. Uh, I mean like <laughs> at, least, at least in terms of magazines and shit, like, like the, they don't want, they like women, beautiful women presented in, in magazines and shit. So, I mean, it doesn't really logically follow. No, no. I'm, well, speaking I, of which the picture I, thing, like you know what the response from the market of the picture thing the response to the market of the picture thing is that there's a service that if you get on one of these dating apps you got to you got to drive downtown to this like um you know uh, strip mall or whatever where they measure you so that you can't you can't say Wait, you, you like you this is a real dating app that does this Oh, the big ones. Yeah. You get a, you get a badge. If you've, you got to drive down to a verified center and they make sure that you're six feet tall. Do they do, do they do this for, for weight too? They do it for everything. <laughs> got to bring in a check stub. <laughs> the two forms of ID. Yeah. I mean, you're burying, <laughs> you're burying the lead. What it is, what it's not that they like that. What they like is, uh, they like the idea of choice. A measure from it, the the butthole to just past the tip, but <laughs> they they don't actually measure that. But they do. But people don't know they do. They check your height and you get a badge that says you're actually six feet tall. This is like, and you know, if you don't have this, then you could be, you know, you could be wearing. You, I wonder if they make you take your shoes off. I was this. I I heard um, Cactus Jack. Uh, interview the day he was talking about creating the mankind character and he was like yeah and they were like well you know we picture mankind as being six five or so, sorry like six six or six seven or something like that because uh cactus jack irl is like six three a big boy however like it's it's different when you see wrestlers like wrestlers are supposed mm -hmm. to be superhuman so, so they're like, here, we want you to be six, seven more. So they gave him lifts. I never knew. No, I never knew that either. Yeah, the I problem got... with like wrestling is they're all so tall that like you're seeing them standing next to each other. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember when I used to watch wrestling, Chris Jericho's thing was like, he was like a smaller guy. I've met him. Like, I've just like seen him in real life. He's six feet tall. He's the same height <laughs> as me. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I mean, Stockton was six one. Kerr was like six four. <laughs> uh, yeah, we gotta take a short detour on this because I just want to bring this up. Here's what people like. One thing that's always got missing because this always comes up with um, <clears throat> the the Twilight these these wrestlers' careers and stuff. By the way, there was like three big wrestlers that died in the last week. Um, 
Terry Funk died. That's a legend. You guys know Terry Funk? Yeah, he's, I, I knew Roadhouse, he was. man. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. A, yeah. Once again, I have a relative that's in Roadhouse. Uh, T- Terry Funk, yeah. He was. He also was. <laughs> was he the guy that tells Patrick Swayze that he rapes guys like him in prison? <laughs> That was, uh, that was an incredible line for a a, a, a a mainstream blockbuster hit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but um, anyways, uh, so here's what you don't hear. Like, so there was a lot of this weird discussion about Hulk Hogan. Like, why was Hulk Hogan so popular? Blah, blah, blah Hulk Hogan, this Hulk Hogan, that. Hulk Hogan had has the most insane, freaky body of anybody on planet Earth. There's nobody that looked Hulk Hogan was like six, eight. And the difference between Hulk Hogan is that he was like, just a reg, like a regular guy. You made six foot eight. So he was, there's no, you could not detect any lankiness or something. He just looked like, uh, like an, like, a super Marine or something. He just, he doesn't look like if you see Hulk Hogan, I've seen him in real life. I saw him wrestle at a firehouse, uh, like a local firehouse or whatever. And, um, this dude is like six, eight and jacked and it doesn't look real. There's like, there's nobody in the NBA that looks like this. There's just no, like, you know, like the closest would be like Carl Malone or something. But even then you can still see some lankiness in Carl Malone. We talked about him before, but like Dwight Howard is the basketball example of this. He was like six eleven or whatever, but he just had like the physique of a of a a marble statue. Yeah, uh, Mike Tyson. I heard that Mike Tyson was sure that that Hulk Hogan beat him up. I don't think he could have. However, you don't. That doesn't make sense until you've seen Hulk Hogan real life. This dude looks absurd. And remember, this is a business where they have like the Undertaker. Uh, they who's like six ten or something. Uh, Andre the Giant, these guys, and this dude still looked like the reason why Hulk Hogan was the biggest wrestler in the world. Reason why he's on his movies and stuff because he was just the ultimate physical freak. Who else died? Um, a younger wrestler died who I didn't know. A guy who was like in his thirties, I want to say. Was it CM Punk? I can no. posting about him. Way Bryant. I never heard of him. I remember. I haven't watched wrestling in a while, but I do remember him wrestling. Yeah, he was not an old guy at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, okay, getting back. So it's weird that like the, the whole like uh uh the embargo on looking at women that uh, women are aren't interested in that. Um. But it, you know, it's not like they're gonna take a, a poll or something like that. But anyways, um. <clears throat> yeah, we can get started. Well, just to wrap that up, they're not. Look, the the best situation to be in in any like market is that you're the only person who's who's offering up a service, right? Everybody else is prevented from doing that. That's kind of the view the the, the view on that kind of dating style. Like, I'm sure in 1960 that was really cool when like you know uh, three quarters of the women in America were you know people who were gonna Married their high school sweetheart or whatever, and you could be the person who went out hunting big game. But when everybody does that, you you you've entered one of those like John Nash situations where the competition is actually 
everybody's hurting themselves by competing. So like, but you're yeah. never going to convince them to stop doing it. Because so, like, the the pull the, the, the burka means somebody else is making those decisions about who you're gonna who you're gonna be with. Have you that, guys? That, did you hear you guys read submission? The Welbeck novel? No. But no. I, that's one of the undertones of the book. It's like, I don't think I'm, it's pretty well known what the book's about. But like one of the undertones is like, uh, through a series of like immigration and elections, you know, France becomes a, uh, a Sharia country. But the, the twist is everyone's much happier. <laughs> like everything's way better. It fixes all their problems. Everybody's way happier. And one of the reasons is uh, everything you just said, Merrick. Like, uh, women go to like more sort of traditional roles like that. All that incessant sort of competition goes away. Like, yeah, that's one of, one of the things that comes it work, up. It works both ways. I hear people, people will talk about this in, from that perspective, but there's also the male perspective, which is that, like, ah, uh, I guess I'll just ramble around for, you know, uh, a couple years and then do whatever I want. And then the next thing you know, you're in your thirties or, or your 40s and, you, you know, you're not married, you don't have kids, whatever. Like, that that's the this, same. This, by principle. the way, before Merrick continues, is a show hosted by three unmarried guys. In the <laughs> continue, continue, Merrick. But, but hang on. No, all this stuff, though, it doesn't, it, it's logical. It's logical. The problem is, is that women aren't logical. And the, the thing is, women, <laughs> like, men, this is how men think, right? So if you ask a male cardiologist, like, what do you think about if we adopt a new licensing system for your type of cardiologist? And like, you know, you'll be able to be the only guy that be, be like, or to be a like, how would you like to corner the market on, on cardiology? They're like, hell yeah, let's do that. Um, we need more certifications and all this kind of shit. Like men are, men are always thinking somebody is going to get their, get their cheese. You know, uh, it's we're we live in the cheese chase. Women aren't like that at all. Women are about the love of the game. Like, absolutely. Like, it, here's, I mean, so, um, and by the way, we had a, a correction last couple of days. Somebody sent this in. Um, you, Merrick, you made a joke about Madonna's first name. Madonna's real first name is Madonna. What, really? Uh-huh. Nice. Uh, and, like, did you did you see like Madonna had like a health scare week ago or whatever. And like all like the thoughts were like, she's like Audi Murphy to them. Like as a giga thought, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just doing stuff. I don't like a lot of these women don't listen to her music or anything like that. It's just like this, just like a thought. Her, her parents, she's, she was, she was an Italian girl and born in the fifties and her parents named her Madonna. Were you allowed to do that in the fifties if you were like uh, Italian Catholic? Isn't it like a, a sin? No, I don't. I mean, no. And in fact, like, uh, oh, okay. I mean, Latinos name their kids Jesus all yeah, the time. So yeah, and, yeah. You, and you have to be named after. So if you're Catholic, you cannot not be named after a saint. You have to. So like, wow. you can't get baptized otherwise. So but that, wouldn't she be Mary Louise rules. instead of Madonna Louise? Is, no, yeah, but the, I didn't the, know. Was, the I, variations are acceptable, right? So like, it could be any sort of language or variation, like on the because the, I mean, the actual name was Hebrew, right? So like, it uh, all those variations, no matter how you slice it up, they all work. Um, by, by the way, her mother's name was Madonna too. Um, Sam, I'm named after somebody in the Bible. So speaking of which. Um, okay. Italian dad 
what do you think? What, what do you think you did for a living? Mm, construction. Uh, police officer. Uh, mil- uh, military manufacturing. That's a real classic Italian thing. Although they did, she wasn't from Long Island, but that is that would be perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of Italian guys in Long Island working uh, like m- making you know tanks and missiles and shit like that. Um, I wonder are those is, are those jobs still there? Like are all those like factories still out there? Definitely, or they moved? definitely there is definitely some. I mean, gotcha. I, I, I don't know if it's all there, but there's still a lot of uh, uh, that's there. Uh, Italian guys making weapons. It's crazy. Um. But but like so if you told women like we're gonna make it so men uh, or like you know, d- talk about hookers and stuff if you if you tell like hookers like or, or I don't mean hookers I mean like if you tell like um uh, <laughs> careful you, you know like uh, porn stars like what if we got all these amateurs out of the game they'd be like hell no it wouldn't like it like you know if I sold a tape it wouldn't be like genuine they don't they that's what they're like it, you know it, it, like men would be like um you know we gotta have weight classes in fighting and stuff like that and like the the like the idea of you know disqualifying someone from getting a fight with you or whatever like we would, we would take that of course to get the w w is what's the matter women are like they're about the love of the game the, the like they want you to see amber heard bring it on hell yeah they it's what? the men. The men want to ban like the, it's the men in Saudi Arabia that ban uh, people from looking at women in magazines. Okay, let, let me. I'm I'm going to debunk you with one sentence right here. Yeah, right debunk now. this because I have another debunking <laughs> when you're done, Merrick. Here, here, just one sentence. He, he, you would look so cute with short hair. That's it. <laughs> here's here's the no. It'd this be is hard the for thing. it to be shorter. It's not that they have a love of the game. It's that women have this this thing where they love hating other women, and seeing the women in those <laughs> magazines gives them what, like something to like hate and say is so terrible. And you know what I mean? It's I think I Based. think that's the situation. <laughs> yeah. Still, isn't it weird that all these like and all this stuff worth the like well logically if i was the woman i would do this and that so we'll do that for them they'll be happy it doesn't work doesn't work uh, women are women are chasing the cheese too it's just a different kind of cheese it's just it's a different it's a they're in like they're in brutal competition with they each don't other chase we chase okay i mean i, I know what you're saying but you know there it is a con there you're in com- women are in competition with each other i i, I don't you don't you don't see that? Well, <laughs> not in a way that I could understand. Like, um, if I understand one of the, like there are still these women like Madonna or who like, uh, who's the younger the younger Kylie Jenner or whatever. Like, if she buys a purse, then all the other women go buy that. Got, they got to go buy that purse. Like anything she wears online or whatever becomes like the most popular thing. You know, as a man, it's like the opposite. So I, I can't understand that. As a man, it's like, uh, I want to have my, I want to, you know, I got to be different. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I don't know. Depends about that. on the man. I think it's a, that's a different kind of man. Like, I agree with you, but I feel like there are nowadays, and maybe this is more of like a, a modern thing, but like there, well, no, it's not because it's been around forever. There were men who would buy GQ magazine, right? To find out what they should be wearing and white. 
But in the back of your head, you're thinking, well... Why do you like 1911s? <laughs> why well, do I like 1911s, yeah. or why does Bog Beef like them? Why do you like them? Because I like the, you know, sort of that 20th century aesthetic. Yeah, because you, you saw other based men from the 20th century, but, century with them. But, yeah, exactly, yeah, that's but, true. When you go to the range, you're the only guy shooting a 1911. Uh, yeah, a, a very yeah. significant part of the time. That's true. Yeah. One time, the funny part is like an old guy. It just shows like how like things have come full circle. An old guy came to me once and was like, "He's like, what do you got there?" And I just I showed him. It was a, a 1911 and a Beretta 1951, which are both steel frame handguns. So they're they're heavy if you're used to like a Glock, right? And he was like. What's this thing good for? You whack somebody over the head with it when you when you run out of ammo, and I I just I don't know. It cracked me up, like because like it's almost like that stuff is now so old that it's like the old people are used to the new stuff, and like there's guys. I mean, I'm not young that are younger doing it to be different from them. You know what I mean? My dad carries a Sig P365. I rotate through <laughs> stuff today. Today I carried a 1978 Colt Combat Commander in 45. <laughs> You know, like, like, yeah. So it, it depends. Like, I don't know. Speaking Baron of just Baron just mogged us all with the with the best comment. He says, "Men are chasing cheese, and women are in a cheese making contest with every other woman alive." Damn. Soup's right. Deuce says, "How do I get a woman to not hate me?" Brooding. Got to brood. <laughs> we do like the brooding. There's the aloofness <laughs> thing too. Like, and I, there's the thing where like you can't be too aloof to where they're not noticing you at all. And it's like a there's like, like got to be Heathcliff kind of brooding. Yeah. Th- this is why. Yeah. I, well, this is the thing. Um, that's like uh, there's a there's a great Beavis and Butthead thing uh, from their CD where this rapper is telling Beavis how to get laid, and he tells him take her shopping, do all this stuff. And he said, Beavis says, wait a minute. I thought you got, I thought you got, I thought you got laid because, um, you're super cool. You're famous rapper. And he says, and the guy, and the guy goes, yeah, I was talking about you though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean that in a bad way. What I'm saying is that like, (laughs) they're like, so not everybody has to brood. You can, you could be, you could go up and, and, and like, you know, uh, spit game and do all this kind of shit. But like, if that's not, if that's not one of your moves, you got to brood because you, it's a lot easier, you, you know, brooding is a lot easier to do. Um, <laughs> if, like it's way easier to fake, to fake that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially cause like, it's, it's hard to fake, like for instance, being funny, right? Like yeah, that could be your thing. Like women can like guys who make them laugh. Like there's a fine line there, right? Between being seen as a clown and, but them liking it, but that's hot to your point. That is like very difficult to fake. If you're not naturally like a funny guy, whereas like the brooding, that's a lot easier to skate by on. Yeah. Let me tell you, women can, can hate your guts and sleep with you. <laughs> Sometimes it helps. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go. I'm making a prediction and it's a, uh, it's one of these predictions where I'm, this is also a suggestion. Donald Trump should take this advice, but he doesn't have to. Um, Donald Trump has sort of unique ability, new unique things that make him um, sort of able to do what he does, which is namely billions of dollars. Because he has billions of dollars, he can kind of do shit other people can't do. Everyone knows this, this is old shit. However, uh, there's some things that he can't do, 
and because he's uh, he doesn't have certain ability. The next guy, the next politician, <clears throat> the only person that will be able to follow up Donald Trump, and he knows Donald Trump, his sister worked for him, in my opinion, is Eric Prince. And I'm not, I'm not talking about Eric Prince's political opinions and stuff. I'm, I think he's pretty right. He's pretty damn right wing. However, like he's got a lot of things right wingers don't like. Like um, he cheated on his wife and he said it was okay for reasons. Where all, none of that shit matters. None of that shit matters. What matters is that he's a Republican and you, you can't just, you can't take, if he don't want to go to jail, you can't take him to jail. And he does have billions of dollars too. I don't think he has Trump kind of money, but this is kind of a unique thing. And after it's not so much that Trump had that much money, which he did. It's that Trump already had fame. He was, he's been a famous person since we were children. He had his own TV show. He had a couple iterations of his own TV show. That was what he, I mean, the money, the money Mm. helped, but like, you know, uh, Bloomberg is is a rich man too. He, he he splashed a lot of money around. Didn't do him a bit damn bit of good. What's well, yeah? But I'll kick did, it real old school, man. Steve Forbes, remember yeah, that? Yeah, for ninety six, right? Who was that woman that ran for um, Republican president last time around? Um, uh, Carly Fiorina. Carly from uh, what was she from? Uh, Compaq. Right. You you put all those people together. They all made they all had a lot of money, but they come from a world with rules. Um Donald Trump came from uh a world that is not doesn't have rules. You can do whatever the you, you can um you don't have to wear you don't have to wear a certain kind of thing. You don't have to <clears throat> write TPS reports. Um Donald Trump came from a very peculiar world of making money. Yeah. And so um and but anyways, he had a lot of money and gave him independence and he was like putting up his own money to run his first campaign in 2016. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't think he didn't really have to, but yeah, he, 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 he could have, Yeah, he did spend a lot. He did spend a lot of his own money, but he didn't, he didn't have to do it in the way you would expect. He didn't splash a bunch of his money into the campaign. Right. But I get what you're saying. But you, know, he, you can't threaten him with taking away his money because a, he's got his own and B, he got a lot of, money from people like us from people our neighbors right somebody like bloomberg is hooked his tentacles are hooked into like a lot of a lot of other people have say about bloomberg's money yeah Yeah. all the people that have to rent the terminals (laughs) for one (laughs) you know who are have a lot of power in the political system too yeah uh anyways um so now after 2024 or really just after this year. Um, so they can put Donald Trump in jail. So they're going to need, yeah, I'll recommend people. I don't, I think I saw it. It's been a minute. Um, the, it's funny. Cause the, the preview for the, he's in a, he has an interview with Sean Ryan, uh, like a military guy, uh podcaster. And um, it's funny. If you look at the interview preview, him and the podcast interviewer, they look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's the whole like uh, military guy thing. But anyway, want to interject before we go on? Sure. Trump spent sixty-six million of his own money in twenty sixteen. That's a lot of money, but that's a lot of money. It is. Maybe it's a lot of money it. for a regular person. Yeah. He just spent it. Yeah. He didn't invest it and shit like that. He just spent it. That gives you. There's things that you can do when you can when you can throw sixty-six million dollars yeah. away. Um. That you, that, now here's the problem. Uh, Trump's now running into stuff that he can't buy. So like 
it's it's becoming clear like no matter how much money you have uh legal representation's difficult you can't really you can't just go buy the best lawyers and stuff like that because not when they're throwing them in jail no and donald trump has a lot of a lot of juice but he doesn't have like um you're not going to throw me in jail juice the only by the way bog beef i have to clarify for the listeners bog beef is saying juice don't don't get any don't get any crazy <laughs> ideas yeah um apologies to the ADL. <laughs> um but yeah so you the next guy they need a guy that this, that can say yeah yeah actually i'd prefer not to go to jail and that's very few people very few people in the world but he happens to be one of those guys and um i think he would i mean he seems to be somewhat interested in politics i mean he's pretty right wing however um i'm sure he can uh you know i Obama hated his guts for a lot of reasons, but they still had to do business with him because they have gayed up the actual current military too much. I mean, like, and they pay all the, my understanding is like when they're, when their commitments are up, they pay all the best guys to come work for them. Right. And then the military has to like hire, uh, whatever Blackwater is called nowadays. I think they changed their corporate name. Yeah. And like, you got to realize in like any other civilization, if you made a, like if there was a superior alternate military, remember he was like the United States military, like offered, like they were of course they like, um, they assumed he was going to be doing their, like, uh, their like ground support and stuff for him. He said, fuck, fuck. No, I'll do, I'll do it myself. I'll buy, I'll buy the, I'll buy ground support planes. I'd rather not rely on the United States military. Can't trust it. Um, if, if, if like any other civilization in history, I know we have a pretty strong civilization. It's so huge. There's all these money in these states and stuff. Any other civilization, um, like he'd be the emperor. Mm, not always. Like you had a 30 years war where it didn't shake out that way, but it, 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 it usually does. Like you had someone like the uh, Valenstein in Thirty Years' War. He was a bit, he was a big mercenary guy. He got the job done, and then at the end of the at the end of the war, the emperor just chopped his head off. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. This guy. I mean, he he's hooked up international. Um. He's he's <clears throat> he did tremendous amount of business with the CIA and the U.S. government. They had to call him to get shit done. They wanted done. Uh, currently under FBI investigation, which helps. That's that's good for us. Like uh, I hate to say that, you know, I'm sorry for the gentleman, but like the more that the current U.S. government uh, comes down on him, the more he could be forced to be on uh, to look for alternative sources of power in the United States. Um, interesting guy. I read that um, two things that were um, interesting. Number one. He dropped out of the Naval Academy because it was too liberal. <laughs> and he went and he finished his uh, ROTC at Hillsdale. Wow. And, that's, really? I mean, and that was like, I mean, he was probably in the Naval Academy like what, 30, 40 years ago? Yeah. I really don't believe any, I, I don't believe I would have perceived the Naval Academy to be liberal if I was going to the Naval Academy in like the early 90s or something like that or whenever he went. I mean, it would have looked pretty damn right wing to me. Um, that is wild. He was, 
invited to he was a he was a White House intern. I guess during that time, maybe I think it was around that time. Um, and, and speaking of which, during that uh, he would you know he would he would uh, something that divers do everywhere. Like whenever you're the old this in this case the young. I don't even know if he had got. I guess he hadn't gone in the military yet, but waiting to you know go waiting to go in the military probably. I'm not sure he could have done a green to gold thing. I don't know, but um you know while he's in that little town where where uh, Hillsdale is. You know, he did all the, he did all the diving bottery recoveries for the, the police. You'll see that a lot. Whenever seals go retire in some random place in the middle of nowhere, they end up being the body recovery guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was going to say my favorite Eric Prince story. And I don't know if this is true, but when, uh, Trump was seemingly going to wanted to pull out of Afghanistan and kind of end the U S operation there. That we have like a there's apparently like a really old federal statute that allows the president to appoint uh, a viceroy over like conquered territories, and it's pretty much what you'd expect. Like he just do whatever the fuck he wants there. Oh, uh, sorry, whatever the hell he wants there, and then uh, you know, sort of uh, share in the spoils or whatever. And apparently, Trump's original idea or one of his like ideas that he went through that they talked him out of was uh, naming Eric Prince viceroy of Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been sick. So, uh, Donkey Bite made a good comment. I wanted to elaborate on. He said Bakhmut in in the Ukraine proved that a mercenary company can defeat with parenthetical with support a nation. And I mean that might be overstating it a little bit, but not really. Wag- the Wagner, Wagner's—I don't know which one is Wagner Group—was uh, uh, a big part of Russia's ability to hold the line and hold ter- like take over Bakhmut and, and hold a lot of that territory. They moved—they've moved them out since then, but they really couldn't have done it without Wagner Group, without instating a real draft and, and having political problems. And that made me think I, I name dropped the 30 years war a minute ago. The 30 years war happened during a period of time where the dominant military strategy was to hire mercenary groups. So people who have mer- like established mercenary companies, you know, the thousands of like 10,000 guys strong that you would go to this guy and you would hire an Eric Prince and he would fight the war for you. And they were they they were so important that eventually they became people who uh, who owned land and who got into politics. Uh, the the obviously the leaders didn't like this, but they didn't really have a choice because it came at this moment in history where, because of like historical accident, they the the these states had the money to pay people to wage war, but they didn't have the means to to form their own armies and, and really put them in the field on a practical level. Like they would eventually like you, this is like why, you know, you've heard of the sun King was it Louis the 14th, 13th, whatever, whichever, like, you know, he's the guy that kind of ended this period. But for a while, this is how you fought war. I, I say all this because looking at what they, what they did with Wagner, looking at the problems that the U S is having with recruitment right now, we might be entering another transitionary period where mercenaries legitimately become in. I mean, they're already private security forces are already a big part of war strategy. We've been used. We've been using them in the war on terror for oh, for like twenty years now. But this might be become a thing where you have to have these these guys to fight any war. You have to have them on on the phone, and uh, because the day like the. 
conscription, I'm not going to say it's over in the West, but it's kind of over, right? Wouldn't you guys agree? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that there's some, I would have said yes before, before the Ukrainian conflict. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, when people, when you're being invaded, yeah, but. No, but I, I just mean the way that, uh, so the way that we fought, the way that we've fought wars for uh, a long time, like we haven't needed grunts. The way it, it appears that like, if we were to, if we were to fight like first world country or whatever, um, the, the, I mean, I, I'll, I'll ask my guy, I'll ask my guy. I shouldn't offer opinion. Well, you, if you figure the United States, we, United States had a technological advantage. It had a, a large and effect, a pretty large and effective standing military. It, it, we never, we hadn't fought a really peer-to-peer military in a long time, but we could execute like the Gulf War, and we could have probably fought some bigger wars with that army. But it, it's looking like going forward, they won't even be able to do that anymore. That the army that they're going to have in ten years. Is not going to be up to the tasks that they need to do now. So I'm just like, you're, that, there's a difference between like, it's nice to have mercenaries so you can send people who who die and don't get a flag draped over their coffin and you don't get bitched about it by, at CNN, you know? That's yeah. nice to have, but it's not necessary. But It's a I different thing when you need mercenaries to do your fighting for you. Yeah, but think, the, thing, the thing about Eric Prince is I don't really see him uh, so much representing like, mercenary as much as um <clears throat> uh so like like what like what would you call caesar when his army is marching against uh is marching to rome i mean is he a mercenary is he a non-state actor like what is he um or more think of like uh you know you go send the guys to go kill napoleon napoleon says i got a better idea how about you serve me we'll go kill the people that told you that a, a general is the, the, a person that can sort of influence these, these, the, in particular, these kinds of guys because of the, because of the state of the United States, um, where our conventional military is losing the ability to do that very well. And like, in terms of like, um, I don't know, man, I've been reading, and everything I've been reading about how our conventional military operates operates since the first Iraq war been pretty disheartening. I read some pretty silly stuff. A lot of people that, um, that like are making decisions because they need money from the political process. They're not like an ordinary military actor. Um, they're just someone that's stuck in there from the, the political system. No, that doesn't exist. That didn't exist in Blackwater. They don't have, they don't have diversity hires in Blackwater. I, I mean, okay, but just, I just want to say it's not the relationship between Caesar and his men. It's the relationship between Caesar and the other leaders. It's the relationship between the general and the, the head of state for lack of a better term. And that's what makes the difference between a general and a mercenary. Mm. The mercenary is just there for pay. He doesn't. He do, he's not like he didn't swear an oath. Like if if you're if you do that if you if you do okay like whatever it doesn't matter if you're Blackwater and you like say I'm not gonna be arrested and you uh, hide behind your your mercenaries like that's a crime and everything. But it's a different crime than I swear to uphold the Constitution and obey you and then I don't. 
Right. One one of those is one of those is like treason. The other is just the mercenary being a mercenary. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're different things. I mean, I, I mean, I still think the system we have now is going to crack because it, it does. It's not real. I got a great, I got a great letter from a listener today talking about the whole aristocrat question. You know, there's this question between like, um, you know, the dark elves, right? We hear about the dark elves, the aristocrat, who were told that their the goal of the life of aristocrat. To quote Yarvin, what was it? This is when I first know, but I, you yeah. remember what it was? What what the elves and stuff? Yeah. What is the goal of the dark elf? To get power to to no. make the elves give him power. Basically, no, no. this is the one to live a beautiful life. Remember oh, this? right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the problem with this is, um, and let, let me just read the comment. It's it's excellent. The dark elf aristocrat discourse doesn't make sense when you look into history. And not ancient, we're not talking about ancient Egypt here. We're talking about like, um, uh, well, anyways, aristocrats didn't make art or live beautiful lives. They were military men. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes on, but like, yeah, I mean, th- this gets lost all the time. I feel like I'm the only person bringing it up. Like, do you, does anybody in the world actually know what aristocrat was? Uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a, a banking executive. I mean, later on, yeah, some of these guys bought aristocrat titles and stuff, but aristocrat was a general. It was a military man. Uh, this is still true. Like, um, uh, I've talked about this before at length, but like, if you're in, in, if you were these royals in Europe, you have to join the military. You, you know, I, does, does Moldbug ever say aristocrat? Does he ever say know. that? There's a reason why he says like dark elf and uses all these ter- weird terms. And it's because it's it's so you can dance around this. You can say what you can say is uh, I want to be a merchant prince, but you can make the person you're saying that to think that you mean like oh we should form a new aristocracy. Uh, I'm not saying that people necessarily love aristocracy, but men understand aristocracy and they like you know people follow followed Alexander. Not only because his father, who his father was, but you know he got on a horse and ran into the into the enemy lines like, you know, at the tip of the spear, and he because you know he had like thirty battle wounds when he died. He was like thirty years old, right? Uh, you if you were expected to be in the front line, you expected to do stuff. You were expected to put on armor and and fight. If you were these people, you had certain obligations, and none of those obligations are describe what a dark elf would be so like yeah it, 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 it that, that person's right before we move on i wanted well, I, well let's let's do this real shortly i think this is interesting okay well let's just look into the life of an aristocrat uh who died in 1997 this guy died in 1997 i'm not talking about ancient history here this guy um could have could have uh <laughs> <laughs> could have saw a, a Smash Mouth concert or something. Or <laughs> RIP, by the way. Yeah, I had to bring up uh, people to bring up. Okay, um, okay. So here's the life of uh, a French aristocrat. Um, he was born in Brussels due to the law which banned heirs of the former French ruling dynasties from residing in France. That's important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy's a French aristocrat. He's not. He's and so he has to be. He's exiled from the country. World War II starts. He writes a letter to the prime minister and he says, 
you should let me join the military. I'm an aristocrat. His offer was refused. So he made up a fake name and joined the French Foreign Legion. Became, became, an, office, became an officer, saw action in North Africa, uh, then joined the French Resistance, arrested by the Germans from attempting to cross the Pyrenees on his way to London to join uh, de Gaulle. Uh, following his arrest, he spent time in concentration camps uh, or military prisons or whatever. Um, so this guy and this guy was fighting tooth and nail. Like remember he, he, he was, he was in one of these countries where he didn't have, he didn't have to do any of this shit, but he's like, I'm an aristocrat. I got to do this. You know who that was? No. Who was it? Uh, Prince Louis Napoleon, uh, Napoleon the sixth. Yeah. I was going to ask you, was a Bonapartist or a, uh, a bourbon? Yeah. Right. Like as soon as the war started, he's like, uh Oh, I'm one of the guys with a coat of arms. I got to go get a gun. The, no, I don't know what's going on, but like, um, painting, painting pictures is not aristocrat. <laughs> okay. This is what emphasize that. Okay. Very important. While we're kind of tangentially on the subject, someone, a Ukrainian person who, a patron, sent me a mess, sent us a message, and I wanted to read part of it because it was really. Did you see this this message you sent? Uh, it probably was, not. I've been out it of was, pocket. It was on the. It was on the the notes. Okay, <clears throat> so he says right now in the Ukraine there are the two most important groups of people who are left who are not being mobilized are the military commissars, the people who. Or organize the mobilization. Those guys you saw videos of them doing stuff to like ethnic Russians. They're just like the home the home guard, right? And then the other are like the tech bros who are still in in the U, Western Ukraine making money. They're still you you might not be able to do a lot of business in some parts of the country, but you can still you can still code stuff. And like the the Ukraine has a lot of computer science stuff. There are a lot of developers over there. I don't know if you knew that. I, I had I had noticed from time to time that like there was a lot of stuff coming out of there. So uh, he says the, the coders are the only people who can still donate money. Our income's not tied to the to the soil. You can write stuff for BMW, IBM, Microsoft, you name it. The money keeps flowing. The interesting thing is that some local governments tried to implement a kind of white zone for tech workers, meaning come to this city and code, and nobody's going to bother you, going to draft you. Uh, his home region separated from the uh, main part of the Ukraine by mountains is one of them. The rent prices there are now twice the prices in Kiev and about 10 to 15 times before the war. So this is how much his rent's gone up in the course of like three years. It's now twice, it costs twice as much to live in this place. It's kind of uh, out of the, it's not, it's not Kiev. It's twice as expensive as Kiev because you go there and people are, are not going to bother you. Locals from wherever just moved from Hungary, rented their houses to people from Kharkiv. So they're doing like their own version of Airbnb. The military commissars made a lot of money and are tied to the ministers and congressmen. It's something like four to five thousand dollars to not be bothered for half a year and ten to fifteen thousand to straight up leave the country through the forest, aka avoid the draft. <laughs> this is how much you gotta bribe them to not to not be scooped up. I don't know if this is, I, I assume this is U.S. dollars because he had, he had the dollar sign in front of it. <clears throat> Zelensky fired every head of military commissariat like a week ago. How, how could he do that? Patrons wise, they're his clients, quite, impo quite important ones. And screwing them over like that seems extreme. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
my thought was, well, that's true, and that's probably really bad for him. Like he he doesn't want to piss those guys off. He needs them to do the the legwork on the ground. But he's not he's not the big boy. He's not the big boy. He's the client of of Brandon. Well, I mean, so this this that one's easy. So I I, I have to look specifically, but um, so this one's easy. So. The problem for any for leaders is always military officers. They're the people that are most dangerous to your power. I mean, you could ask like uh, the most obvious one is Stalin is about to lead the biggest army in world history, and he kills all the good generals. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> why do he do that? Well, because he those were the most those are the biggest competition to his power. By the way, Quayway real quick says it's kind of a bad sign. When your aristocracy starts making art, see Marquis de Sade. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know what this is? This is one of those things where it's like a misheard lyrics or whatever. What these people know is they know that aristocrats are associated with art. That's aristocrat, but they love the good art. But, the, you know, that's the difference. As patrons, not, they, not as people making it yet. Or collecting it. Uh, like, if you're an aristocrat, you should have a damn good art collection. But you should not be painting the art. It's that there's that. Have you seen the meme where it says, um, "It's got it's got two like horrible. It's got a, a like a, a like a, a man a man or a woman. And they look like a, they're the Giga Chad and the Giga woman. And he's got and he's wearing like a a, a really nice shirt and 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 uh, sophisticated glasses and stuff. And it says people. It says people who enjoy art or collect art or something like that. People who enjoy art. And then below it, it shows like two crackheads. It says people who make art. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's how it's supposed to go. But, but people, they Throw, just throwback from earlier when I was talking about like Alexander and Philip. Like these were people who were just hardcore military nobles conquering the world. Philip just uh, busted out the wa- busted out his wallet and just bought Aristotle. Come here and this the smartest man on the planet for like thousands like well not thousands but yeah probably you could probably say two thousand years right people were using his theories to, to about reality he just he bought them hey come here and just like hang out and make us and make things cooler around here right the reason for that is that um i know now money feels like it's the biggest thing in the world but it's it's not true violence is the sort of the king of of all things everything it doesn't matter who you are Someone could kill you. And so like the uh, chief kill people, the guy that's in charge of killing people, that's the big guy, you know, um, speaking of which I always <laughs> like to, to do a little investigation. There's this, you know, the thing about actors and being um, considered low class or whatever in ancient times, basically, I don't know, like in, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, they were pretty much uh, dog poop and in, in to the Romans. Maybe. Yeah, but I have all I've always wondered this, and we'll have a classicist on soon, and I can ask him this question. There's a big difference whether or not that was a that was how people felt, or if that was like a government commandment that these people are in the lowest caste. I have a feeling it was like like a commandment because of like basically scared of their power all this kind of stuff like the problems they would always have like um uh people would worship all the gladiators and stuff and they was this would piss off the the aristocrats they'd be like hey stop it this guy's just an entertainer 
Well, if the I mean I don't know as much about Greek history, but the Romans knew. I mean, the Romans loved Greeks, and like this is a problem, and not just like becoming too popular, but like uh, in art, uh, artists, theater writers would influence public policy in Greece by right. They'd write a really good play, and it would make people. We want to do things like want to go to war with Persia or want yeah. to invade Sicily, and these things, <laughs> these these things didn't work out very well for the Athenians. Yeah, and they they, they, have... they find like, they would they would censor and fine people for writing a play that was like too baller. If you're like, yeah, let's go to war with Xerxes, and you you get fined like you know, ten thousand drachma because you were. <laughs> we we should look. We should consider doing that ourselves. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. By the way. The actresses had penises. <laughs> Very progressive. History rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't. There's a big HBO show now. It was like that. Anyways, this, it was just like that in, in in Greece. That's always the best. The best one of those meme jokes was that uh, uh, Italy took things that Ital- that Greece did and and perfected them. Um, it's like that. You know, they they took the what was the Greek military unit? The hop, they took the hoplites and made the legions. Uh, you know, they 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 took the philosophy and built an empire on it. They they Greeks invented sex, and the Romans realized you could have it with women. <laughs> <laughs> good- before before we move on, shout out to our our boy Andrew who sent us that message. Uh, he said, "This is a sh- this is the sh- I want to shill ourselves." Thanks for patronage, patronage pillage, pilling him because he's really been looking at things that way. Also, I didn't know this. You might have. David Duchovny's family is from Ukraine. It's a Ukrainian name. His surname means spiritual. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, is there... Th- this shouldn't be controversial to ask, right? Um, <laughs> maybe you can help me. Don't get us fired. What's the... Th- like, every country has jews what's the deal with ukraine and jews is there just more of them did they get run off of like poland and they had to go there or something what's the deal with that yeah they got they got run out and a lot of them came here yeah here you mean ukraine uh i'm sorry you mean why how did so many jewish people end up in the ukraine or, uh, or how is, many so many you uh, ukrainian jewish people end up in the united states well remember jews are everywhere there's all there's every kind of jew um, but it's Ukraine feels like it's associated with them more so. Okay, okay. I yeah, guess it's I, a, it's some Galicia thing. I I know what you're talking about, but like that that whole Galicia region is yeah. I mean, it does have a large Jewish population. I don't historically know why though. I think the Tsar like back in the day sent them there to that particular place. Okay, I think that was that was the the deal. That would make sense. It's so, I don't know. I, I watched the debate. Uh, the only debate I've watched about Ukraine was between two Jews. It was, um, uh, Wolf Bug and, uh, yeah, I remember when, when Wolf Bug made fun of the way he said Kiev. Uh, it cracked me up. The, the guy offered him like $150 to stop saying the, the Ukraine. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, the other thing that's funny, and we were looking this up, but I made a, for some reason, black metal came up. So I brought up the, the whole, uh, National Socialist Black Metal. <laughs> uh, if you want, if you want singers that are never gonna, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, go left wing or whatever, or say 
anything. You got to go listen to that. The funny thing was that um, Ukraine, like, so remember Ukraine, this place associated with Jews for some way. I don't know how. However, Ukraine is also the the world's home of National Socialist Black Metal. So like, um, kind of like if you like techno music, you go to uh, Goa, the beach that the Portuguese used to own in India, or you go mm-hmm. to Miami, or you go to Ibiza. Um, but if you like if you like uh, Nazi metal, you go to Ukraine. That's where the big party is, um, and like the music festival is put on by um, Azov and stuff. That's where you go. <laughs> It's uh yeah. speak speaking of I'm going I'm going for it. Man, that was a lot longer than I remembered. Uh Elon Musk, to clear our platform's name on the matter of anti Semitism, it looks like we have no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the Anti Defamation League. In our case it would potentially they would potentially be on the hook for destroying half of the value of the company. So roughly twenty two billion dollars. Uh, that was in response to somebody successfully suing them for like 10 or $15 million for defamation. Based on what we've heard from our advertisers, the ADL seems to be responsible for most of our revenue lost. Giving the maximum, blah, blah, blah. Uh, advertisers avoid controversy, so that's all that's needed for the ADL to crush our U.S. and European ad revenue is to make unfounded accusations. They have much less power in Asia, so our ad revenue there is still strong. This <laughs> quote, <laughs> no. I, I got I, I to get a steno pen right there, there. This quote controversy, end quote, causes advertisers to pause, but that pause is permanent until the ADL gives them the green light, which they will not do without us agreeing to secretly suspend or shadow ban any account they don't like. This is the relationship they've had with Twitter for many years. Presumably, they have that with all Western search or social media organizations. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, there's more. Um, Speaking of the Southern man, I don't run into the Jews very often, but the SPLC. The SPLC is the one that's got all my guys on the list. So please don't forget about them. Yeah, I don't Speaking think which, they have. We got they, merch coming out soon. We just they <laughs> <laughs> they SPLC does go after like smaller targets, but I think the, I think the ADL is the big NGO machine. It has all the infrastructure. I, like, he, this is one of those lawfare moves that if you I, I don't know if you even actually try to do it because he's got to get his organization to sign off on it. And I mean, he might own a company, but whatever. John Trump could tell you. The the big the big boss man, you know, can't necessarily order people to do everything. If if they if they did this and they succeeded, and they, I think he said like, I, he might he could knock it down to five billion if he was being conservative or whatever. If you took billions of dollars from the ADL, and certainly if you hit him for twenty two billion, you could bankrupt them and you could kill the ADL, and they would. You know, they like whatever they would move to something else. It might, it might be the SPLC, but that would put a real dent in their operations. You know what I'm saying? That could be a, that would be a move that you could make that would politically actually do a lot of good if you destroyed some of these NGOs in the courts. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the thing, the problem with me is I don't know much about ADL. I know about the SPLC. You see, SPLC. I speaking of which, I used to read the SPL's website because it was good. They had, they had all kinds of 
I liked reading about all the gangs. Yeah. I've talked about that before, but like, it's weird that like the SPLC and I'm guessing the ADL, I, I don't know much about them. They used to chase around guys in gangs. Uh, these like Nazi prison gangs, which um, if one of us gets the same charge that the guy that got in January 6th, we'll be joining. <laughs> yeah, the, the, he's got 22 years and he wasn't even there. He wasn't even at the Capitol. He got 22 years in prison. Yeah. He, he don't look, he don't, he ain't white. So he better join. Um, you ever seen shot caller? The movie. Mm-mm. It's basically a movie about this, a, a white collar guy played by the, the, uh, Danish costume guy who's in game of Thrones. He, 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 he runs over somebody with his car or something. He gets sent, sent away into to like federal prison for I don't know ten or fifteen years, and he has to join the Aryan Brotherhood, and he just becomes like the kingpin of the Aryan Brotherhood while he's in jail. Yeah, well, it's a really to. good movie. You should watch it. Yeah, well, speaking of which, you have to. Um, you, you, they don't have a they don't have an anti racist um group. You got to join <laughs> my my favorite name. One of the you know you got to join like the, the the my favorite name for this is the Nazi Lowriders. You don't really expect that to go with. Uh, is that like a a, a a a fusion ticket between some of the white presenting Hispanics and the well, Anglo-ids? no, but you, but there, you, if you're a, if you're in a white supremacist gang, you're joined up with the Nortenos because <laughs> there's there ain't enough of uh, brother. Well, brothers are joined up with the with the Serenos, yeah. Um, Carl, it's real Patriots politics right there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the the whole Nazi lowrider, like in both ways. So first off, lowrider—that's kind of a Mexican thing. But second off, like um, you know, I always think of lowriding as kind of a laid back kind of activity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't you don't picture a lot of uh, Nazi lowriders, but they uh, t- group has a lot in common. You think about they both like cross tattoos. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Was Magnum PI? I don't know. I don't know if he was in one. Um, so, Carl Shane, how accurate is the idea that ADL is actually non-governmental? Well, of course it is. Every this is, um, you know, uh, somebody who's become a who is a huge libtard. Uh, this is the guy um, does the show with Warner. Mark Ames. I heard Mark Ames explain this to me before I even heard uh, Yarvin explain this. So basically. Well, he didn't. So Yarvin sort of completed the picture of why it happened. But so the government figured out that, like, if the government does things, uh, if the government persecuting people or making decisions or bad decisions of any kind or whatever, uh, the problem is the government has records that has, you can do all these record searches. There's, it's just, it's not a clean, it's not a, uh, what do they call those? Fredo, what do they call those? Fa- the, when you make a factory, you call it the, the factory that makes stuff like uh, chemicals and stuff a, a clean room environment. What, you ever heard of this term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that was that the term clean room? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So like you know the the CIA and, and FBI figured this out probably thirty years ago. They were like, well, any important jobs we do, we'll use a cutout. Everyone knows that term now. FBI cutout, CIA cutout. You make a private organization, you separate it, and 
then you, you can sort of do everything cleanly that way. Only have your guys in there. There's no paperwork. And uh, so this is the whole civil society thing. So power was transferred all these quote unquote civil society th- decisions. Um, you know, not the least of which, because this took, this is, this is how politics was solved in America. Um, you know, for a long time, this is when people say Donald Trump is the, the devil, what they're talking about this question. I mean, so you can read, I mean, I, I, everybody, I'll shill it for a thousand times. You should read, um, uh, Curtis Yarvin's book, uh, what's the book called? Cause I didn't read it when it was a book. Unqualified reservations, unqualified reservations. He explains all this stuff, why this was done. I mean, in short term reason, the, 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 in the short, they did this to avoid, um, uh, responsibility long-term. This solved the political question. You did everything through these sort of, uh, non-governmental organizations and a sort of great example of how this plays out. So like, uh, the big story that made Jordan Peterson, famous um his school adopted that policy because uh some local non-governmental do- uh, organization adopted a policy and that's that's often how policies are made now you know what i'm saying yes the the ngos are geos they are part of they are part of the government yeah that's you're absolutely right carl shannon yeah there's not there's no quite that's not even an argument anymore i i, I don't think Anybody who argues with you about that, they're just trying to. It's like saying, "Oh, well, you know, uh, the uh, there's people ac- running across your border in in the Laos, like uh, shooting up uh, VC and and shooting up in like uh, North Vietnamese supply lines." I don't know. Couldn't be us. We didn't do that. Got nothing to do with the United States military. Same deal. This is what they can, they can operate outside the bounds of like checks and balances. By the way, yeah, yeah. Well, we're saying the same thing. So, um. You're saying they are. I'm saying they're not, and it's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a, it's a way to have. It's a way for the permanent bureaucracy you're, to. You're to saying hold. she's fat. I'm saying, well, she doesn't look fat. It's because she's got spanks on. <laughs> New sponsor. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, we got merch coming. We got merch coming. One Finally, of the des- yeah. one of the designs I was was directly inspired by a. Um, a shirt design that got somebody put on the SPLC list. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I didn't really think about it in that way until we just, <laughs> we just had that conversation. I told you I'm good with whatever, but now I'm having second thoughts. Are we, are we going to end up on a watch list? I don't know. Well, there are, and it's funny. If you look on the SPLC list there, you'll see a bunch of like, you know, who's, who's one of the Norse gods. Um, Thor. You know, Thor's devils and stuff like that. Uh, and it'll be like, you know, they've got 32 kills and they control all the meth in, uh, you know, the San Fernando Valley and stuff. And then there is, um, there's a, a gas station owned by a guy named Spud in <laughs> South Georgia. There's a gas station. The gas station is listed as the hate group. It's the gas station. And it's because, and um, he sells shirts, merchandise, belt buckles, this kind of with thing. the Confederate flag on it. Is that it? Yes, <laughs> is that sir. enough now? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's how it goes. Federal court again strikes down Alabama's congressional map, and 
Yeah, I just want that one. That, that that's that's not the one I want to spend too much time on. But just going. Uh, what do you guys have to say about that one? Uh, not terribly surprised. The court basically said that the Alabama legislature is not allowed to redistrict the Alabama the way it wants to because of like what uh, uh what's the sh- disparate impact, right? Mm, yeah, it's voting rights law, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Voting Rights Act, like, the, you have to draw the districts. The way they phrase it, it's not disparate impact, but it's something along the lines, like, you have to ensure that uh, there are enough black congressmen. I forget what the term for it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's man. Not a quota, but yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they did it, they just did it in North Florida, too. They uh, there There used to be this, like, insane district in North Florida that went, all the way from downtown Tallahassee to downtown Jacksonville with just like a tiny strip of land in the middle. And it was, it, there was like a black congressman there because downtown Tallahassee and downtown Jacksonville are predominantly African-American. And DeSantis broke that up. It was the most ridiculously shaped district I think I've ever seen. And the court, I think, ruled that they're going to have to bring it back. Oh, man. I want to say something. But I don't know if it would get us canceled. <laughs> so we had a racist term for um Tallahassee back in the day. I wonder if you guys had this same term around for your places. They call it Shine Town. No. No, but I okay, no, I never heard that. I was told it's because black people have gold teeth, they're shiny. No, that no, that goes shines is a is a term goes way back before that. Oh. I don't know where it comes from, but it comes from before that. Yeah, we're like uh, swirling, swirling the wine glass there. Uh, the, the, <laughs> connoisseurs. Digging dig, dig, dig deep into the encyclopedia Look, uh, until you okay. settle on moon cricket. Okay, I know we're going late, but I've, oh, this is a hit job. We've got, I've got to, I've got to hit this mother. <laughs> September one, twenty twenty three, reported by Jose Nino. Hell yeah. Can, can Tinkzorg, can we make him a congressman? Would that fill it? Yes, you could. You literally, you can. You don't, yeah, you can. If, if as long as it becomes naturalized, U.S. citizen. All right. Okay. Here we go. He can be the black congressman for Alabama. Yeah. Or for uh, Tallahassee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Georgia governor rejects special sessions to remove Fulton County DA. <laughs> On August 31st, 2023, Governor Brian Kemp rejected a call from Republicans in the General Assembly to remove Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Williams following former President Donald Trump's indictment for allegedly engaging in election interference. That last sentence would be um, censored if I said it in England. Kemp (laughs) proclaimed that he wouldn't invoke a special session of the Georgia General Assembly to remove Willis. The governor stressed that trying to impeach Willis isn't, isn't feasible and may ultimately prove to be unconstitutional. We have a law in the state of Georgia that clearly outlines the legal steps can be taken if constituents believe their local prosecutors are violating their oath. Blah, blah, usual um, of this uh, this bullshit uh, uh, boomer conservative bitching about the Constitution, all this stuff. No, he's a, he's a, I mean, that's not, he's not, he doesn't care about the Constitution. He's, he's, a, he's a coward and he's a, turncoat he's a traitor that's what that's what he is and there's i mean this is not a matter of principle for him 
Uh, he, he's in a, in a state that's trending purple, and he's one of the reasons why it's trending purple. And this kind of weakness is why it's been allowed to, to happen. And it's going to continue to happen. Uh, you expect, I mean, you, if, if he was, you could make a pro-Trump argument for not getting rid of her if you think that actually letting them do this would, would be helpful. But he's not that. So there's no excuse. He's just, being, he's just doing what he always does, being a fucking traitor. Yeah, Pablo the Penguin, many of those were his, historically gerrymandered to get a specific ethnic result at first. Uh, yeah, uh, you would figure, you know, that would be a problem for the Republican Party. Why, why do they pretend that's legitimate? I don't know. Well, who, who knows? Um, but Which, by the way, you know, they, they do that in places where, like, in New York City, where these people have nothing to do with each other. Like, you know, they're, they're different kind of Asian that, that don't, that even hate each other back there, but they'll still make them a, a functioning um, political um, coalition. But yeah, uh, so we had other po- uh, Republican politi- uh, politicians explains exactly what happened. Uh, Clint Dixon, uh, I don't see uh, what is Clint Dixon. Um, I don't know. He's some kind of elected official uh, uh, there in the area. He had a statement. He believes the indictments are all about Fannie Willis and her unabashed goal to become some sort of leftist celebrity. State Senator Colton Moore wrote a letter calling Kemp to invoke a special session to investigate Willis for potentially abusing her position of power by pursuing former Donald J. Trump. That said, Georgia House Speaker John Burns revealed that he doesn't intend to defund the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, unlike some of his Republican colleagues have called for per a letter he penned. There's no reason not to defund them, even if you're saying, even if you don't have the sack to, to, impeach her or do whatever and stop that because like you could you could make the argument that stopping the, like doing that strong arming stopping her would be a, like politically not not good even for trump but there's no reason not to defund them not to not to hamstring them because you can just say hey you're still doing your investigation and, and people like you know you're not going to get people excited about that if you're if you're like uh, on the left you're not going to get them excited because you didn't get the budget that you were supposed to get they don't they don't they the people who work there will care like the average voter's not going to get upset you can you can make normies uh, upset if you say that the, the governor's stopping their the DA from investigating somebody for a crime you can you can trick some boomers with that stuff there's no excuse for this this is purely just you're helping your enemies don't know why you do that, like other than you're, you know, you're you're trying to open the gates for the enemies. But hey, well, I hope you're ready because it's about to get worse. <laughs> ready for this? Okay. The elect, so the same guy, the Georgia House Speaker, Republican, the elected official, then proclaimed that the campaign to go after Willis shouldn't be prioritized over the damage that Hurricane Idalia did to Southern Georgia, which ripped across several southeastern U.S. states on August 3rd. Yeah, I mean, I, I forgive. I can forgive that. If he's saying, hey, I shut up, give me my constituents money to rebuild stuff. Okay, I get that. While this real-time crisis unfolds, unfortunately, we continue to have a few members of the General Assembly making misleading or false statement about the uh, General Assembly's lawful powers regarding an ongoing criminal case before our judiciary. It is an unfortunate reality of today's politics that theatrics will sometimes garner more attention than genuine human needs like those that will unfold today in South and Coastal Georgia. Fuck you. It rained. Uh, 
I at least respect that. He's trying to he's trying to get the bag for his constituents. That's what he's doing. Camp should be doing that, but he's not. This is uh, think of the children. This is just bullshit. This kind of shit is the kind of sh- like the, you know we, we get we've gotten flack before by telling people um, they're better off not look just not looking into politics if they have the capability. And you know, going back before, we we're talking about the whole thing of like the problem with with this this video content, perhaps audio content. I don't know, is that it makes you think things are important that are not important. If you ever feel like politics is real important, just get a story like this and print it on a little, you know, get it printed half size, keep it in your pocket, and just look at it. Um, if you ever feel like, goddamn, most important thing in the world is beating the deal's Democrat. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but here's the thing, man. Georgia, it, it, it really is these a purple state. Sea suckers, man. These, these people are the yeah, scum of the earth. But what I'm saying is, this state, it is a purple state, and it's going to keep trending blue because, like, the people, like, hey, this, this can, this can happen. Like, you have two choices when you're in a situation, like, when you're in a state that's like, if it was probably it'd be the same if it was going blue, going towards red. But we know we've seen it from red going towards blue. You can either come out and. Wave your your uh, your your D around and do the like the DeSantis move, and then he's gotten help because there's pe- people have moved there. Blah blah blah. Or you can do the Kemp thing, and you can just, please please don't hurt me. I'm gonna be good. Don't don't please don't be mad at us. And the the the, the latter like they will hold on to power for a while, and they'll and for themselves they'll stay in they'll stay in a position of authority. But then their party will get run will get run out of state, and it's over. This I mean this is just how it's gonna be. And like those, until they get rid of those people, until they get rid of Kemp and everybody like him, this is the problem you're going to have in Georgia. If you don't like, if you if you're in Georgia and you don't want it to be a blue state, then you better get rid of that guy. The end. I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing you can really say about this that won't get you in trouble. But it's a trick because that's just the way it is. It's kind of a limit to the um. Other people in the past, I like to use Democrat as a slur lately. Not is usually I'm just trying to get to the point or whatever. A lot of times people say, "Well, you shouldn't do that. You should use white or black." Well, let me tell you, Georgia has twice as many white people as they do black people. Twice. There's two white people for every one black person. Uh, this isn't a high percentage of black people have felonies, <laughs> so that's even more people off the voting record. And it's a struggle to keep these Republicans in office there. And you can look, of course, look at their behavior, and of course, why not? But still, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and also, you know, they, you, you talked about this before. Previous said like Atlanta's grown to a huge extent, and in the university oh. system, whatever. Well, a lot of people moving there who just how how white's Ohio? I mean, so like, I mean, like, I'm get like, I, I don't get it. Like, why is Ohio a lot for Republicans, but Georgia ain't? It's because I mean, I, you want the real answer to that yeah. question is Georgia just has more high-paying white-collar jobs. Like what we like for for a while, like maybe still is trendy to call like PMC jobs. That's why. Yes, way well, more and, okay, and, in Atlanta and Demo- and like the Dem- like and the Dem- other demographic. Like, yeah, it might have twi- it might have like a, be one third black. Well, what is Ohio? Percentage wise, and like that matters if you have a bo- a, vo- a voting block that votes ninety percent for the party, you know what I'm saying? Like that makes it that does make a difference. But they, it, it's not a matter of purely a matter of race. It's also a matter of like what Fredo said. You have the 
This is why North Carolina is trending blue as well. Correct. The more the wealthier your states gets, the more democratic it gets. I mean, it's it's really really simple. That's universal, like across like migration patterns. So like, more people are moving to to North Carolina in the research triangle. They're upper class people, highly educated. You're going to become more democratic. That's just how it works. You know what I mean? Whereas like the type of people that move to Florida are less likely to be in that demographic. A and B, if they are, it's we've sort of created this, at least for now, self-selection mechanism thing here where like it's specifically where you move if you want to get away from that, right? If you don't fit into that kind of system. So it's kind of a different thing. But Texas has the same problem, you know, on a lesser scale, they're managing it better than Georgia. But like they have a lot of that too, because like all these uh, finance companies are moving to Dallas. Uh, you have these tech companies moving to Austin. You know what I mean? Those are the uh, a lot of what's what's going on there. You know what I mean? It's it's so weird that that's the case. I mean, if you think back to the '80s where we associate wealth with uh, Gordon Gecko and stuff, it, it feels like. So first off, when I think of people that are rich, like um, my, my like so where I live, it's there's people that have a lot of money, but like generally they got that money in Atlanta and I don't live particularly close to Atlanta, but Atlanta is the only place where you can get that kind of money. You can get a lot of money. You can go get that in Atlanta. And I guess that just the way that society has changed is that if you're now on top of that, not only do you, if you want to go get all that money, you got to go get it in Atlanta in some way, you got to get it from the government. Yes. I mean, where, where I'm from and we're a good hundred and, 20, 150, whatever miles from DC. When I was a kid, back I don't in mean the government 90s, employees, by the way. When I was a kid back in the nineties, there were there were guys who would commute every day to Northern Virginia or DC to work like construction jobs. My dad worked a trade job at the at the Pentagon. He wasn't he, he was not a, a wealthy man, right? But he made damn good money working up there. He stayed in the hotel, came back on the weekends, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's always been a move the, the, I think the, the, the big change here is they were able to clean out the cities enough to where a lot of these people, instead of commuting in from the suburbs, moved in there and moved into these counties, moved in these places. This is why like the, you know, uh, Georgia County was, uh, that part of Atlanta was trying to seed from, from the rest of the city. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done that 10 or 15. Well, they, they might've done it 10 years ago. They wouldn't have done it 20 years ago. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's also like, cause the current thing we're told, and I don't know the answer. I just listen to people talk because I don't know these people and stuff. And so one of the answers we're told by some people that are smart. I don't believe them, but what they say is that basically all those rich white people in Atlanta, they're just like you and me. They have the same beliefs about everything. They're based all this kind of stuff, but they'll, they, they will support Antifa and, and the left to do anything um, because of abortion. They got to have abortion. No, it's not that. It's just like the status. That's, yeah, it's status. Right. Like they successfully have made like the beliefs that the, the not that we all three believe the same things, but the type of things we talk about on this show to be low status. That's really all there is to it. So if you want to be high status, you just can't believe those things, including 
all three of us live in places that are low status. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like yeah. you, you cannot live in the town that any of the three of us live in and be on a national scale, a high status person. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if you live in a place where living there, you live there for status, you're also going to hold those high status beliefs. You'd actually be, it would be honestly, it, the reason why there's so few of them, it's, there's, I'm not saying there's no reason because there's people that live places because their family has lived there for generations and they ain't leaving or there's something holding them there like their mother or whatever. But for the most part, like if you just picked a person like a, like a hypothetical person without attachments like that, it'd be really, really weird to like live in Manhattan. If you weren't concerned about status, it would be real weird. Cause you'd be, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, uh, you'd be choosing to like live in a hovel, you know, or if to live in a non hovel paying like an insane amount of money to be jammed in like insects. Right. B but like not for the status, like that would be a, a, That'd be a very special kind of guy, right? I just so read like, it for the articles. In, in <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just read it for the articles. Yeah, you nailed it there, Merrick. Yeah. In both counts, the, you know, the answer to that is uh, the uh, Orthodox Jews, um, who, if I understand, are Republicans. They, like, literally are voting Republicans. They live in New York City in the richest parts. They don't care what anyone thinks about them. Um, yeah, they stuff. have their own community. They don't care about anything. Because they could do that because they they have their own, like... They are status. not, they're not outsiders because there's so many of them. You know what I mean? Like it's their, like the neighborhoods they live in are theirs. Like they run them. They, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's not, I actually, I understand that. Like being surrounded by a ton of other people that believe the same stuff you do, share your values with you and all your relatives like that. I get it. When, when I, I talk this. about the when I talk about the Mennonites and people talking about the Amish and stuff online, I see arguments about like, well, actually, they're not that great. Blah blah. That doesn't matter. I, I, I mean, I don't. I, that's oh, wrong. They were, they were a bit mad at them today. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about the Amish because I don't live in that part. But like the Mennonites, I've been around them. They <laughs> they have a good way. They have a good way of life. It work. It works for them. It, it makes you envious to, to, to see them. Anyway, my point was. The thing that's appealing about them, and it's not just them, it's any, like, this is why religious communities and religion in general is good. It's because you can have your own status system. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about what those people think about you. Now, if you live in their world, if you are a, a deracinated a coomer, like, uh, most of our generation, like, spiritually, like most American, like millennial, like millennials are, are that. Like we hate to admit it, but it's, it, it's true. Like you do have to worry about that. The status they have power over you. If you are to, if you're on a totally different wavelength, you don't. It doesn't matter. The the Mennonite person doesn't give a shit what uh, the blue haired librarian thinks about them. Doesn't matter. Their 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 whole status system is is tied to something completely different, and. I, people, I know some people don't like religion, or whatever. If you can find something where you can you can get that result without religion, I guess Mazel Tov, go for it. But it doesn't gaming. seem like they're what, yes, yeah, ga yeah, gaming, yes, <laughs> get your way up the kill board. But yeah, that's the difference, and it, it is about status. Like abortion itself is about status at this point. Let's be let's be honest with this. Like the arguments of uh, the arguments for and against it haven't changed. For 
for like 50 years. They've been saying the same stuff, and people's opinions haven't changed that much. But the, what has changed, it went from being pro-abortion, either it started out kind of like you were on the outside, you were a wild person, to split in the middle to now, all the high status people were pro-abortion, and that's the difference now. If you look at the if you look at the numbers, people's opinions haven't changed that much. I mean, they've changed like five percent, which in democracy is enough. But it's not like they've converted everybody to this. It's just they converted all the high status people. That's it. It's all about status, and uh, I, I, you know, some money can money can make up for that in some ways, but in some ways it's deficient. Do men, do Mennonites do they um? Do you have to discipline your wife? <laughs> I mean, it, it depends on the kind. Like a lot of the more modern, I know you're making a joke. But like a lot of the more modern ones, like they're he's Kinda, going to he's going really. to a nine to five job. The wife is at home in her sundress with her bonnet and the kids. And yeah, but do you, do you spank your wife? I I don't know. I've never asked. I'm interested. I mean, in in my dreams, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, um, uh, I should learn to raise a barn. So I'm saying, yeah, things could have been different. Yeah, um, <laughs> she got a little got a little wild with a checkbook. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't want to old timey paddle. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to keep going on. But th- th- I thought about yeah, this the other day because um, there was a great tweet. I just want to talk about the um there was an argument going back and forth with red pill guys one of them was like a classic uh red pill guy great guy uh well i mean he's the guy that that wrote the um uh the colored hair equals um like the poisonous snake that that one of the biggest tweets of all time um he was arguing with zero hp lovecraft about fertility uh decline one of the classic arguments one of like the old classic arguments and then who I'd like to remind people is the only actual, like the only person you could like legitimately and from any source has to, has to like, no matter the only person on the, the dissident right who is like legitimately 300 IQ who like Nick land, like so Nick land is going to be like, he's, he's etched his name into the annals of philosophy history. They're going to be studying Nick land's writings a hundred years from now, guaranteed, like he's the only person that's like absolutely without like there, there's no argument he's 300 IQ. Um, I I love Nick Lamb, and so they're arguing this, and then he says they're talking about the pill and all this social media and all this shit, and he just says, "Yeah, cities have always been population sinks." So given a trend of urbanization, fertility fertility collapse is the natural outcome. That really hit me because mm-hmm. you know, that gets because they're like that gets into like, and you just doesn't ever come up very much like whether you want an abortion to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter. Like it, like uh, people Amish people, and I mean that's a real specific example. I don't mean Amish people in general, but like even if Amish people could get them, even if it was allowed by the church or whatever, they they wouldn't want them anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, Uh why would you want to do that? Here's the thing, man, and we've had Malcolm on before, and I didn't derail the conversation because I didn't want to take it that direction when he was on the on a tangent. But like he said that, well, Amish people, it's all about you know their family unit is for agricultural work. Blah blah. That's that's true. But like I know Mennonites who are not 
like old order. They're guys who have a nine to five job and they still have like four kids. It ain't, it ain't about working the, they might not have a, a huge acreage of farmland. They might, they might have, you know, a, a nice house and stuff, but they don't have farmland. They're not working the fields during the day. Mm-hmm. They still have four kids. It's, it, there, there is something to this. It's not just purely like material, uh, like materialism or something. There's something else to it. Yeah. You know, but, but right. But, but here's what I'm getting at. It, it's like, it, it doesn't like th- there's not it, the choice is obvious because your lifestyle this that gets in that that whole white um white shinto thing we we're talking about the other day with like okay so there's this great writer that distributes the hat on before um some of my catholic friends are into her she's like a, a catholic tradcast kind of writer but she has like a but she's like has an advanced degree lives in manhattan or something like that um super smart super genius and she's like a hardcore catholic and she's big time against abortion and stuff like that and she writes like these brilliant articles about like um her choices to not have abortions and she talks about like like it her life would be easier if she got abortions they just would the way that her jobs she has these important jobs and she had to get all these big degrees and stuff I mean, this this is a pain in the ass, and I mean, she has to get to, to go to night school. Had to do all. She has to move. It's hard to keep a job. Hard to get a senior job when you have if you go on a maternity leave and all this stuff. Like, I mean, she's a tr- warrior, a warrior to do this, and she's got a bunch of kids. But like, it's hell. The thing is, for the Amish person, their life gets easier with more kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yes. I, I when you're talking about working on the farm, that's true. But that's not everybody who's like Amish, Mennonite, whatever. Well, maybe Amish, Mennonite, Anabaptist. They're not all that, and they still have a bunch of kids. But yeah, we we need to wrap this up. It's, okay, it's, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> anything you, you have anything else, Fredo? Nope. <laughs> all right. Uh, very very good show. If you're listening to this on Patreon. Oh, sorry. If you're now, if you're not listening to this on Patreon, if it's on Spotify, we do have full episodes on Patreon that don't get posted for free to Spotify. Check us out. It's patreon.com, good old boys with a Z. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just a little bit more than the long of life.